Welcome back. Boom! Strange situation. We are live. Lifestyle. Yeah, make sure you subscribe, thumbs up, ring the bell so you could be no notificated on very well. We have a special program for notifications where we totally notificate on you. All over you. It's awesome. There's non stop yeah. notifications. Yes, if you're into that kind of thing, people love it. Uh, Elster, you're not in the middle of the screen, so I'm just right. telling you. Yeah, you got to get, move over. Yeah, there you go. Move over, over a little bit more, a little bit more. That's, into, a, that's about uh, as close yeah, to There center. you go. Now you're in the screen. He's lounging. <laughs> He's lounging. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on because we're live. Let's do jazz hands. Come on, Elster, you got to do jazz hands. Babyface P doing jazz. He's got good. He's got gun jazz hands. We are going. We are live. We are live. This is episode four fifty four of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. Um, it's it's entitled uh, Guest Elfsters Rifles and Reloading One Hundred and One. I try. I didn't want to say Reloading One Hundred and One with Elfsters Rifles and Reloading. That's a lot of reloading. Going. Yeah. That's all right, buddy. Yeah, I'm it. sure YouTube's already going to go after us just for having yeah. uh, that just for having me on your channel. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so we, <laughs> yes, we've got uh, Elfsters Rifles and Reloading here. I'm going to pop this up on the screen real quick. I'm going to show. I think I got your channel right here. I will show the people if if you want to know. Who we're looking? Who we're talking about? Elfster's rifles and reloading. There he goes. Go up there and click on his icon. That's how you'll go to the page on YouTube. And then make sure you subscribe. This is what his page looks like. He's here. He's joining us tonight. And of course, along with him is Babyface P. Um, let's see where's Babyface. I wish P? I could hear you, Hank. Yeah, I can't hear you. Oh, you couldn't hear me there. I went oh, out. Hell no, bit. you. I told you every time you share screens, your audio goes out for us. Oh, and just okay, for, for us. you guys, for you guys. Oh, just okay, us. yeah. I could still kind of make you out, but oh, yeah, after okay. clicks. I got to figure out what's going on with that. Um, yeah. So anyway, hey, Hank, <laughs> Hank. Last time I uh, sat down and had a serious chat with you, I think I was uh, walking down a congested interstate with about 105 degrees temperature. Right, right. At uh, traffic jam and yeah, that was I-26, right? I-26. Yeah, yeah. We're I doing that PSA event. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we've got Elfsters. He's here. Make sure you guys go subscribe to his channel. There he goes. He's joining us. We've also got Babyface P. What's up, Babyface P? What's up? He's in the house. Um, everyone coming in, make sure you guys smash the thumbs ups. Share. Ask your questions right now. We are going to get into uh, reloading here in a second. Uh, make sure you ring the bell so you can be notified, as I said before. And, of course, the show is brought to you by Harry's Holsters. Maker of fine Kydex holsters. That's, you know, that's the official holster of the Hank Strange <laughs> situation, uh, so to speak. That's how we're going to put it here. Um, yes, and we're talking about... So, so, have you guys seen Scarface? Oh, yeah. Yes, a long okay. time ago. You've seen the Scarface movie. Remember there's a point where he was like... You know, after he said, oh, let me introduce you to my little friend. Then he had to, then he had to reload. He's like, okay, I reloaded. So that's what we're talking about. That's all I know about reloading. So come on, that's my well, only gonna, that's my only joke I have. We're going to a reloading expert, my friend. Yeah, yeah. I told Lola I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die tonight, live on air, because Babyface P and Elfster they're gonna be here talking about reloading. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The, so. the only one thing is, is I can't show you how to make a complete round of ammo from start to finish on YouTube. They won't let okay. you do that. So do they? Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. have you gotten have you gotten hit with any cease and desists from YouTube? Uh, no, but I purposely break up 
my video was in the section. So we're like, one section oh. will be like brass organization decapping. The that second makes part sense. will be like cleaning and brass drying. The third part so, will be kneeling and why. So you, your way around it is is one thing at a time. So it's not a whole video about. Yeah, I'm not specifically showing you how to make a complete round of ammo from start <laughs> to finish. So. Yeah. Well, so that way, if that particular video yeah. gets uh, smacked upside the head, then all the other videos yeah. don't get. Smacked. Maybe uh, Hank can show that on my playlist. I kind of described that. I have a, uh, a, a playlist on there. It's a nine part playlists uh and it's broke up into sections like that and it starts with you know the first part brass organization decapping second part cleaning brass drying uh, you know third part annealing uh swaging and yeah. the very last part i i actually take that reloaded ammunition out to the range uh, with my viewers on video and they can actually watch that reloaded ammunition impact yeah. paper i'm throwing that up on the screen right now if you guys can hear me but yeah, not you guys can hear me. They, uh, if I physically show you how to make uh, a round of ammunition, uh, that could get me in trouble with a good old wife. So hilariously funny that if you break it up into sections, it's not a big deal. Yeah. I wonder if that's why I never got any any crap about my AK build series. It's because I didn't show you how to build a whole like AK from one to none and it's just like that with you know showing someone how to put a lower together you can't do that either heck you can't even show someone how to install a, a trigger uh and it's it's kind of a sad state of affairs when we can't yeah. even do something simple like that the, you know so I, it, it's almost like it's a violation of the constitution maybe someone should impeach these mofos oh <laughs> here we go don't, don't do Dude, don't get no. old Hank started on Yeah, now no. we get to start talking in <laughs> All right. Did she, she today that she was like, well, yeah, I actually didn't even read the transcript, so. <laughs> well, I'm just going to impeach anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just nonstop impeachment. It's not a, it's yeah. not a point of actually, yeah. you know, you know, you got three branches of government for a reason, checks and balance. And mm -hmm. this has nothing to do with checks and balances. It's just right. how much how much of an annoyance can we be for Trump? And that's about yeah. it. So, it's a vendetta it, for, for Hillary not getting elected. Yeah. yeah, it is. And I, you know, I I kind of cringe about this next election cycle because no matter what happens, whether Trump wins or whoever, Biden, if he wins, Either side uh, is Biden is actually going. Yeah, Biden's going down in the polls. So listen, okay. Before we we're we're, we're going to get into the reloading stuff. If you guys have questions, you can ask us. We've got Elfsters here, rifles and reloading on YouTube. Elfsters, rifles and reloading. Of course, we've got Babyface P also on YouTube. Uh, I encourage you guys to go subscribe to their channel. Yeah, let's talk about the big news, which is what we're in the middle of for everyone. Shout out to everyone out there. Please smash the thumbs ups, guys, as you're coming in here. Do the thumbs ups things. I have a feeling we're gonna, you know, we're gonna need the thumbs ups. As many thumbs as you guys could possibly give out there, we'll take it. Uh, go ahead, babyface. What are you gonna say? Who does? Uh, I can't think of the website. Name of the website that John Crump writes for. Ammo Land. Ammo Land. Thank you. Yes. So, um, yeah. So we've got this uh, crazy um, impeachment nonsense going on. The transcripts got put out. Does anyone did anyone look at the transcripts? Does anyone understand that? Does anyone care? Wait, they actually they I actually posted really the transcript? Yeah, they did. Um I didn't see the actual transcript, but it is out. So um, news media outlets are going over it right that now. Seems, 
how did that get unclassified so quickly? That seems like something that shouldn't be. I, I, maybe I'm just paranoid that the president's inner word should not be given to. No, he put it out. He put it out. So oh, it, he did. Okay. Yeah. Well, Trump's kind of twisting this around. He's kind of playing it a little bit, and he's kind of hmm. trying to put it on Biden's son now. So he's kind hmm. of, you know, he's kind of shifting the. the that good old eye of Sauron back on Biden and his son, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. With this deal with companies overseas. Because they're all dirty. Money to them. If you if you don't think that they're all dirty, then yeah. you're insane. <laughs> well that Every that that particular deal correct. where he for a couple of years, I think like four or five years, was getting paid eighty thousand dollars a month. Uh, you know, what's wrong with asking about that? You Man, know? I want eighty thousand a month. Whoo yeah. yeah. One day Man. for all of us. That's for all of us. <laughs> By the time we get there, there'll be ma- crazy inflation. It will cost you about $80,000 to get a gallon of milk. I would have to do a lot of reloading videos. <laughs> <to get 80, laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael Bender says Hank and Nancy both didn't read the transcripts. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't have time to read the I I was trying to find the whole thing and it was like I don't know who wants to get Well Hank, you know this. it's just like these bills they mm-hmm. they try to pass through. They don't read those mm-hmm. either. I mean they're like a Bible thick. Yeah. No one really reads the damn things. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not. just it's, you know, it's just nothing you but need a, a we need to pass it so we can find out what's in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Do anybody remember that one? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was the healthcare thing. Um, let me see. I don't know if anyone needs shout outs. We should probably uh, let me see. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some shout outs real quick here. But I'm gonna ask everyone once again to smash the thumbs ups, make sure that you've hit the thumbs ups out there. Chris Williams, Michael Bender, let's see who else we got here. Jade Grew, the Archangel. Let me know if you see anyone, babyface. Uh, Randy Peacock. Uh, I think I said Chris Bullis, DCG44, SoCal Gunner, Special K. See, I forget things really fast if you haven't noticed that. So I don't know if you, any of your people are coming in, Elf, Elfster. Just let us. Uh, by the way, can we call you Elfster? Or you want us to call you yeah. something else? No, you can call me Elfster. That's fine. Okay. My name's Todd Elfers, if uh, your Todd, viewers are not unfamiliar with me and my channel. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Elfster's totally fine. That's just my nickname that I kind yeah. of started on sniper's hide and okay. it's kind of stuck so okay you are a todd you are a todd and you're coming from where i'm from eau claire wisconsin wisconsin so, i mean i don't yeah. know i can hear I sh- it now yeah you know <laughs> yeah how do we miss that? <laughs> yeah. how do we miss that one <laughs> yeah. uh he said facetiously yeah. <laughs> like we didn't yeah. know. I didn't want no, to just assume. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to live up here. Trust me. Uh, middle of winter, you're no joke shoveling snow off the top of your roof. No thanks. Florida, <laughs> yeah. no, it's nice and balmy right now. Yeah, yeah. In the middle of winter, I want to just be like 32 degrees for for like two hours in the morning. That's it. That's all I need. Uh, shout out to the Tyven Show is out there. Let's see who else we got. Who do we got? Uh, Kermit loves bacon. Uncle Mike bricks. Uh, Boss Hog is out there, Michael Avins, Judd Miller, and E-Rock, Razor JB. Razor JB said, notify on me, please. He's into the, he's into the S&M stuff, obviously. Razor <laughs> so, JB. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, you could tell. You could just tell, you know. He, he knows exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> David Cardinal also out there. Let's see who else. Uh, Jay Loafers, YNH, Eli EDC, Stephen Hyatt, Joe259DTA, The Pants, uh, Jason St. Pierre, John Parson, Jeff Allen, Opt Out of Gun Control. I see Opt Out of Gun Control. Flopping Garbage is out there. Um, Ray Bazolo. 
says, I missed you guys. Where was Ray Bazzolo? I don't know. Uh, Glock, you should ask him. Yeah. GlockFun101. Tell us where you were at, Ray. Uh, LV Louis Cyphers out there coming in from Vegas. Jeff Allen. Uh, let's see who else. Vanessa Kitty. Vanessa Kitty's out there. Shout out to Vanessa Kitty. Uh, let's see who else we've got here. I'm just trying to make sure I'm not missing anyone before. Oh, Dudabides also out there. Shout out to Dudabides. And uh, I'm not Will Rogers as well. Everyone's smashing the thumbs ups. Let's get those going. Let's see. Ronald Hotboy also out there. Um, Ashley from Gunstreamer. Shout out to Ashley from Gunstreamer. All right. So cool. Any other new stuff going on that you guys like? What? Tell me what happened. Like Todd, you tell me something that's in the news right now that you're paying attention to. I know some people. There's some hearings going on in Congress well, right about now, gun control. It's just, that, mm-hmm. it's just that stupid impeachment and Pelosi. It's just it's mm-hmm. never ending. And it's if, mm-hmm. and for her, it doesn't matter what it is. She's just going to be relentless, whether it's it's this or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a sad state of affairs that we just can't get along. And it. It, I, no matter what Trump does, she, she's going to make up some excuse to have this relentless impeachment where it's not a, a point of whether he, what he did was right or wrong. It's just mm-hmm. just a point of just attacking him relentless. And that's about it. Yeah. You know? um, do, why do the Democrats think that this impeachment stuff is actually going to help them? Why do they believe that? Well, you know, the, the thing is, is I kind of hope they keep it up because I, I think it's just going to prove to the general American population that <laughs> if you can, they can try it and make Trump look somewhat normal mm-hmm. and they're they're skewing so much to the left that Biden, Biden almost looks, in, you know, sane. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, I think he's dropping in the polls. I think Elizabeth Warren just clicked over him. But I know that they did some I saw they did some polling and Americans don't want impeachment. Yeah. So, you, Ameri- know. you know, Americans are like, what the hell is going on? But yet and I don't think Nancy Pelosi wanted it either. But I think the left wing of the left wing, <laughs> the zing wing of the left wing, we should say yeah. the AOC you know, well, those guys were pushing for it. Listen to Shapiro about it, and he was saying mm-hmm. he didn't break any laws. He didn't. Mm-hmm. It'd be one thing if he made some promises and would funnel some, you know, money to them that were from the taxpayers. Then yes, mm-hmm. he he totally that would be impeach, impeachable. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, the way Ben Shapiro was kind of explaining it, you know, he was saying he didn't really break the law, and you know that might come out, but. I don't think so. I mean, they released that transcript, right? Yeah, but I don't care. Like, for me personally, I don't care if the president is talking to the president of another country and says, hey, what's up with that corruption going on over there? That doesn't, you know. Uh, Should we now go back through Obama's transcripts of all his phone calls? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, should we go back to, like, Bush through his phone calls and then, you know— through Clinton, I, I don't know if we're, you know, I don't know if all that's, uh, I, I don't really think, and I think people in America don't, you know, they're not, they don't really see what's I wrong. I think people are just sick of it in general, well, you yeah. guys, but I'm like, I'm like, I don't care. I mean, yeah. obviously, if it's something that is impeachable, let's take care of it. I don't care yeah. if you're Republican or Democrat. Yeah, impeach the guy if it's something serious. But, you know, it's just like Kavanaugh. It, they'll, they will go through history 
to back to your high school days and dig up something. I don't care who you are. You're going to have some dirt. Everyone mm-hmm. has some dirt. I don't care mm-hmm. who you are. And that's what they'll do. And yeah. it's just relentless. Yeah. Now, the one good thing I think maybe, I don't know, it's like like a temporary good thing, is that this is probably slowing down whatever gun control that they were hoping to push through with Trump, which shows like how stupid their strategy is. No, see, you know? the problem, the problem is, mm-hmm. in my mind, it's also multifaceted that mm-hmm. doing this does not slow down anything else. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's so many people like the the committees that are pushing through gun control have nothing to do with any of this. This is just a great distraction for everybody. Mm-hmm. It gets everybody riled up. Oh, so you think that they're trying to do this, and meanwhile the committees are still pushing through gun control stuff, and the next thing we know, that's going to land on Trump's desk and he's going to sign it? He's not going to – well, I'm not going to say he's not going to sign it because there's, <laughs> there's always a chance. No. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, unless they, ha- well, there, they have something gonna, on him and they're pressuring him or they're using his no leverage. There's going to be no assault weapon ban. There's going to be no magazine ban. You know, they might get some red flag stuff maybe. I think, I think red flag and universal background is going to be pushed very, very, very hard. Yeah. I hope, I, I hope and pray that it doesn't make it through. Um, but if people out there are not contacting the representatives all the time, then it will go through. Yeah. And I can't stress that enough. You guys yeah. got to be contacting your officials and mm-hmm. call, <laughs> write a know, letter, yeah. write an old fashioned letter. Call. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And jo- join that gun owners of America. You know, I mean, everyone I know is a little fishy right now on, on an NRA, uh, but I can't stress this enough. Log into that gun owners of America. And they even have links on there that would damn the forms filled out for you. You just got to fill all your information and send mm-hmm. it off. Yeah. And uh, I think they even actually have something up on there right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, here's something I'm going to throw up um, on the screen here. Rob Pincus on NRA and 2A rally in D.C. on 11-2-19. So there's a Second Amendment rally planned November 2nd in Washington, D.C. This is on Ammo did Land. You, did you What's see up? his his uh, article a couple weeks ago about being the only person showing up to the NRA meeting, the yes. board of directors meeting? Yeah. <laughs> And then not being allowed to sit in on it? <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Yeah, Jesus. That's how, that's how they get down. So anyway, Rob's doing this. Let me see. He says, grassroots Second Amendment activists from across the country are being urged to attend a Second Amendment rally on Saturday, November 2nd at the Capitol building mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C., where they hope to deliver a message that the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Uh, let me see. I'll, uh, let me see. I'll, I'll put this link see if I could uh, post this link for people. I'll put it in the chat here. Um, if you guys, I'll put it in our internal thing if you all want to see this. Uh, we probably need to, to spread this around. This is an Ammo Land article. I'm sure you can find it on lots of, on, on quite a few places if you're, if you're into Dave that. Dave Workman. Man, somebody go down. You guys go down and look at the picture of Dave Workman. That picture hasn't been updated since 1972. Ooh. Oh, hold on. Let me. <laughs> Let me see. Just so we can get in trouble here with the MOLAD crew. Dave, Dave Workman, you need to come on, man. Go take a new picture. How do we know that's real, man? How do you know that's probably not real? The photo that every website has a photo of their journalists. Yeah, but that's not a real photo right there. That's look, not, look probably, at it. Dave that's does not look like shooting. That. He went shooting with his buddies in 76, and that's the last time he took a yeah. picture. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dave. Uh, you know, if you need to rebut any of this, let us know. <laughs> but that is a pretty. That's a. You know, I mean, you know, you. Yeah, you know, that's true. Babyface has a point there. Yeah. 
Um, that's what you're focusing on, though. Thanks a lot, Bayface. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, there's a good article here on Rob Pincus. <laughs> you know, Rob looks good. I can say that much. But uh, he always looks good, man. That's one thing he doesn't enjoy. He's got several suits in his in his closet, obviously, man. That's a massive difference. I do not believe in suits. <laughs> we know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know I, if I can envision you in like a three-piece suit, man. No way. <laughs> not a no fan. way. Not a fan of suits. Would, would you be rocking a hat or something? Um, actually, so a long time ago, I was a doorman on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And uh, I had to wear like a suit and I had uh, a hat <laughs> and a <laughs> coat, a tie, all kinds of like Pink, I, I could the mohawk at the time. No, oh no, 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 no. I mean, that was not allowed. No way. No, they no. fire you on the spot. <laughs> well, I had to wear a hat. I had like a doorman's hat and all that kind of stuff. So that really cured me of ever, ever, ever in my life wanting keep to have super a suit. sentimental value. Hell no. And let me tell you how I got <laughs> the suit is the reason actually why I got the job. I'll tell you. So there was another guy who was working there as the doorman. And I believe he was from like Panama or something like that. And he got hurt on the job and he took like whatever, um, you know, uh, what's the benefits? Like when you get hurt on the job, you know, the uh, workers, workers comp, comp or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He took workers comp and went back to Panama and started balling out. Of course. Uh, so but they had this suit made for him. So I went there to get actually a different job at that hospital. I think I was I was going into housekeeping or something. But, um, you know, then so the people in that department heard that they and he, and he was a young black guy. So then they heard there was a different young black guy who might fit his size. And then they they brought me in for the interview and they were like, put this suit on. I put it on. They're like, you're hired. <laughs> and that was much that, that was my job. I can't so. imagine you saying like meat for pillow. <laughs> oh, no. So yeah, so uh, uh yes, I've done a lot of different jobs, believe it or not. So right. I I wound up doing the doorman thing in Manhattan, man, and um yeah, it was not, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. You know, I had to help people get out of cabs, help people get cabs. How long have you been at this now, Hank? For this, uh, making videos in your channel. This particular you know. thing uh, going on seven years. Dang. All right. Seven years. Yeah, we're approaching seven years on this craziness right now. So uh, I think when I go to SHOT Show in January, that'll be the seventh SHOT Show. Wow. So uh, there you go. Uh, Vanessa Kitty says, I live next to Yankee Stadium for a time. Okay, cool. Yeah. Been up there at Yankee Stadium. No, uh, that area, that part of Yankee State, that uh, Yankee Stadium area, not necessarily the best neighborhood. You go up there, people have uh, tall walls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that when you see people have the crushed bottles on their walls and their their uh, their windows are barred. <laughs> that's how you know. That's how you know where you're at. So okay, um, I don't even know how we got into that. I don't even know. Um, there's definitely Second Amendment stuff going on, though, that we have to keep an eye on. So I'm just going to warn everyone out there. Keep an eye on it. We're waiting to see what happens. There was another article from Ammo Land. Let me see. Put this one. And if everyone's going to hear me, ATF Director Nominee Canterbury supports red flag confiscation orders. Of course he does. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Does yeah. that surprise anybody? We all know he's anti-gun. No. Yeah. Um, Look at these, most of your, uh, yeah. I'm, I don't want to say chiefs of police, but most of the people that run the police unions and things like that, they're all extremely liberal. 
Oh, I just you just put it in a major city, and that's pretty much all yeah. you need to know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Trump's there, getting no, a lot of no anti-gun, a lot of anti-gun people like Barr. You know, I'm not a fan of Barr either. No connection with the rural America at all. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. No. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's he, did he actually get approved yet? Um, I think that's all happening right now. So now the same people are at the ATF that Obama put in there, right? So I guess Trump gets to put people in at the ATF, but he's going to put in anti-gun people. You know, whatever. I'm not a fan of that. Kiaski says, uh, wants to know, what advice would I give to my past self from seven years ago? Um, One simple advice. Buy Netflix stock. (laughs) (laughs) Or Amazon. Uh, Yeah. Seven years ago? Well, no, seven years. Maybe you have to, you have to go ago. back like, let me see. When did Netflix actually first go on the stock market? I think it was longer than seven years. Actually, uh, when in your videos there, Hank, and checked out one of your older videos, you were mm-hmm. interviewing Walter. Uh, I think it was like something like a 50 BMG AR upper or something mm-hmm. like that. Do you remember yeah. that? Uh, how long like, ago was that? Like, that was way back. Five, six years ago. Okay. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, man, you don't even look the same. Yeah, yeah, that's when I first met Walter, actually. Yeah. That's the first time we met, which I met him through Peter Palmer of Top Shot. If you ever looked at the Top Shot reality show, you ever saw yeah. that? Yeah, the first season, uh, my friend Peter Palmer, he was on that show. So I think Walter lives close by? I mean, uh, no. Wa- no, no. Close by, yeah, it's like two three hours. hours. Three two hours. hours. It's not that bad. You guys are all shooting together and stuff? Uh, he comes to uh, he usually he comes to our neck of the woods to go shooting. Sometimes I go up there. Actually, on Friday I'm going to be up there, so there's no show on Friday, people. In case <laughs> so I forget, just, just drop that bomb like that. Boom! It's all. <laughs> all right, so when, when you got the day off fault. and you're not making videos, where do you usually go shooting? I'm just curious. When you just want to chill out and just actually enjoy shooting your firearms. Um, there is no such thing. <laughs> yeah. If I'm shooting something, we're making videos. Yeah. Hey, I just checked out, was it Mr. Guns and Gears video? You guys were out in Mount Zion there. You're doing some like ranger repelling stuff off canyon walls or something. Yes. Like that. Yes. Um, I have to work on my videos from that and also from when I was hanging out with you. I haven't uh, got uh, today. I was trying to like clean up my hard drives before I started that editing. But, yeah. yeah, I haven't gotten any of that stuff up, including what we did. But, yeah. Ooh. Looks like you guys were having a good time out there, though. It was cool, yeah. Um, I mean, were, kinda, you, huh? were you afraid when you guys were pulling down that, um, that canyon? Yes, it's pretty scary. When we did the 75-foot one, yes, for sure. Oh, the God. other ones that were, like, you know, maybe 10 feet, I was like, oh, I could survive this. Yeah. Yeah, but we were high up there. in the. The thing that scares me the most is looking at Lola. Because Lola was out there trying to do selfies, yeah, you know, and we're like we're standing on ledges that yeah, if like you fall over, fall you're d- yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to tell her chill out with the selfies, and she was like, you know, she was just laughing at me. So oh. that that gave me the most anxiety. Um, the toughest thing was I just thought, man, I hope I actually survive this and don't get a heart attack right here. <laughs> man, talk about some beautiful country though. Man, holy smokes, yeah, those are some serious views. Yeah. Were you guys out there for two days? Uh, a couple of days, probably two, three days, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, Guns and Gear actually has a pretty good uh, video on it. Here's the toughest part, right? Anytime you're doing something like this that has to do with a lot of strenuous physical activity, 
Yeah. Um, you don't want to pick to be in the same group with Guns and Gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's you're gonna be embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he doesn't screw around, man. He definitely works out. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had zero issues. He knew oh, how to do all that stuff. He knew how to repel. All I didn't of that. miss you on the last day of the PSA event. I'm like, where the, where the heck's Hank? The next thing yeah. I find, I see this video of you propelling yeah. off cliff edges with Mr. Guns and Gear. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was fun, though. It was fun. And uh, I'm glad he was there taking pictures because uh, it was so, I was like, yeah, I'm not taking pictures of this, this, this craziness. You know, <laughs> so they should have, they should have someone out there going with you. I do, I do have some pictures. I'll throw up some stuff. I'll make a video of that uh, for well, sure. Well, I'm looking forward to those videos, man, especially yeah. your PSA videos. Yeah. I got most of those PSA videos up now, so I got about oh, three, three or four-part series yeah. on that. You're way ahead of me. Now, here's something that I know Babyface is very jealous of. Boom. I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Yeah. I don't see anything. I'm going to show <laughs> these right now. There goes my one I haven't seen the video. Club. It never happened. <laughs> oh, I have video. Trust me. Uh, I haven't seen it. Didn't happen. Uh, yeah. I have video on this that you will see going up there. So, boom, there you go. What's your number on there? Uh, 36. Oh, okay. Not that it matters, but I'm 19, so. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> good for you, Hank. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, that was fun. I'm going to throw up. Uh, did you uh, did you shoot get video of when you hit the mile? Yeah, it's in uh, parts one of my four-part series when we were out oh, wow. there yeah uh what was the first part we were in um we were doing the shoot at the clinton uh was it the clinton house plantation yeah something like that yeah we had the what the first part uh we were shooting what pcc's nine millimeter a the psa kv we had nine millimeter ar pistols second part was lead yeah. star yeah akv akv oh my baby face you got to get an AKV, man. I, I would love to get oh, one. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Does Elfsters have one? Is that where we're going? Is this Boom! <laughs> oh, those things are nice. They're yeah. actually pretty nice. Yeah, we're uh, rocking the uh, Romeo 5 Red Dot. And, uh, nice, yeah, nice. it's a little sewing machine, man. I mean, it, the fact that it comes with an SBA3 brace, yeah. um, you know, tanker-style muzzle brake, uh, I actually do like these Magpul handguards. You know, I shot that Lead Star, mm -hmm. uh, the AKP. The light. Okay. And man, that metal handguard, man. After it gets hot, hundred rounds, you could even hold the thing. Yeah, it gets uh, very so hot. So I, you know, but yeah. yeah, that was fun. That was a good time. Yeah. yeah. So and if you, anyone out there wants to check out those videos, I got them all posted there. I actually got a playlist of it. And it was it was a really fun time out yeah. there, especially shooting at a mile. Yeah, Elfster is all organized with the playlists and everything. You know, <laughs> I remember I remember when I first started doing this, I used to. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now to, you just do podcasts. You don't even have to edit it, man. No, no, I go. still have a lot of editing to do, man. I still have a lot of editing to do. It's just so much stuff. Uh to get up there. But listen, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to say that the AKV is as badass as an MP5, but I think it comes really, really, really close. Well, I'm going to say it's like 85% there, Patrick. You're no? pushing it right there. I'm telling you, man. Did you ever shoot one? Blowback is never as cool as roller delayed blowback. Yeah. Uh, I'm just throwing that you're, out there. You're a big oh. CMMG fan, huh? Roller delayed well, no, CMMG does that, what, the tilting delayed blowback or whatever the fuck it's called. No, roller delayed, the uh, MP5 action. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 
it's so really you're waiting for the it, PSA five. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've been waiting for one since they teased it two years ago. Yeah, I'll tell you, I like that AKV. Um, you know, I have a Scorpion. I like the AKV better than my Scorpion. I'm not saying, like I said, the MP5 is definitely better. But the AKV is like 85 the, See, the thing is, we need an AKV full auto, because then you can really compare the two. Oh, oh my goodness. It, I mean, oh. sub guns are made to be full auto. They are not yeah. made to be semi. They are yeah. made to, well, to run. At least double, at least double, triple tap. So. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Throw, throw like, uh, throw a Franklin Armory, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that bad boy. You know what? Franklin Armory needs to, um, manif- like, uh, make some kind of deal with PSA. Where you to know put, a, put their their triggers in? Yeah, oh. that would be cool. That would be cool. That that I really do like that gun. I'm not kidding. I'm trying to get my hands on one. The T and E one is like I'm. I, I guess I'm way behind on the list on the T and E one. Well, so, everyone's like I can't get my hands on a PSA AKV. Literally, all you got to do is just log in on their website weekdays at seven. Uh, sorry, three p.m. Central Time. Mm-hmm. And they're always on there. There's no reason why you can't. Matter of fact, they just uh, released a bunch with triangle-shaped. Uh, oh, the triangle ones of the joint. Yeah, the triangle-shaped buttstocks on, especially on yeah. their AKPs. They just released the whole batch of them. So today, you can definitely get yes. Okay. Yeah. Actually, okay. yesterday they did. Yesterday, okay. They. Pro- I don't know if they're there. If anyone, I'm someone looking. take a look and see. Yes, yeah, see if they're there. Well, they sell out within. Yeah, the they hour. go fast. Like um, you, if you're not ready at 3 p.m. Central, you're not going to get them. So. Yeah. Whenever we see, I know Lola posts deals and stuff like that on. Oh it. man, they do have the side folding braces. Yeah. I, I heard that triangle oh. one is pretty badass. If yeah. I were making another crink, I would have one of these on it. I wouldn't mm-hmm. SBR it. I and would after just do the side touring that PSA mm-hmm. uh, Dunbar facility where they actually assemble them, it makes mm-hmm. sense now. You actually, you know, you actually went through the plant and you actually see them mm-hmm. assemble the AKV, the AKP, and they're they're making about fifty of them every weekday and the second they're done they're pushed over and they're put online and that's mm-hmm. what they sell you know and like yeah. they, they mentioned if they could make a thousand of them a day they probably sell the damn thing oh they're they're, yeah, they're never in stock they're just they hit the shelf and they're gone i guarantee yeah. they don't have a, a like a a warehouse full of them they're just as soon as they hit shelves they're gone those things but are I tell awesome you, another one that i have is the fm9 it's a foxtrot mic Mm-hmm. Uh, man, this thing is an absolute laser. Matter of fact, it's even side charging. Oh, oh that's, that's nice. nice. Yeah. That's a nice. So, yeah, and feature. you can get these for next to nothing. They sell them on Brownells, uh, Brownells Primary Arms. You can get the upper and lower uh, fully what's ambidextrous. The co- what's the company controls. of that again? Uh, FM9, so it's Foxtrot Mike. Oh, Foxtrot. So, okay. I need to. Yeah. Uh, I need to look. You should into check it. those out, man, because yeah. you can you can get right now that promo code, mm-hmm. uh, the FM nine upper and lower. This has got a ten and a half inch barrel tri lug, easy to put on a suppressor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I actually I actually bucks. just got some uh, tri lug adapters from uh, Liberty that I'm dying to put on some stuff. Some? How many did you get? Uh, Do you know how? Couple. Have I told you how hard it was for me to actually get one of them? <laughs> <laughs> I got a Liberty, couple. for a long a, a long time Liberty stopped making their own um uh-huh. and Jim Tech uses the same mount. Uh-huh. So I I tried for probably 6 or 8 months to find one from Jim Tech because then Jim Tech stopped making it and Liberty yeah. wasn't making them and it was impossible to find. I think I think Liberty Finally just made a batch cuz I got I got a couple. Oh. 
They're awesome. That's my yeah. my mystic. Um, that's how I attach it to my my nine yeah. SBR. The trilog, yeah, yeah. So uh, the problem face, if you could only pick one PCC nine millimeter, what would it be? Oh. One pistol caliber. It'd be available. Okay, okay. it, it could be any one, right? It doesn't doesn't have to be one that you actually have. Uh, yeah, MP5. I would say MP5, MP5 is too. amazing, especially full auto. Don't ask the PSA reps when that's coming out. <laughs> they're, they're never, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they both flip their shit. Yeah. Um, Kiaski has something that I got to mention this because I'm jealous. Kiaski says, I like my Zenith MP5. Congratulations to you, Kiaski. <laughs> they're good. Walters, the full auto ones we shoot are Zeniths. Yeah. How much yeah. are those going for now, the Zeniths? 15, 14? Yeah. Um, Kiaski, I will trade one of my mile <laughs> things for your Zenith. I'll, I'll uh, kick in a sticker. Yes, there you go. A sticker, <laughs> one of those. I'll even throw in a Hank Strange patch. <laughs> for the, for the, you think he's going to go for that, Patrick? <laughs> you know, listen, I'll, I will even throw in. Oh, my gosh. I'll the, do whatever the it takes Trump for that. Trump rooster. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We got to find out from Walter if he has any of these Trump roosters left, Patrick. I do don't know? think he does. Those were a oh. one and done sort of yeah. thing. I'll see if I can. I, I'll see if I can get you one after. We'll find out. Yeah, but the MP5, man, that's a dream gun. Full auto, though. It's got to be full auto. Full auto, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, you're gonna, you, you know, full auto. We're gonna have to like upgrade the FFL. Uh, I'm just gonna make enough money where I can buy one and own it myself. I'll just own it. Okay. Thirty-five thousand. You win the lottery. <laughs> that's the first thing you're doing. Oh, first thing I'm buying is an MP5. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's not even a question. Yeah. Simpson Road. Uh, Simpson Road. Larry says uh, Foxtrot Mike's FM9 is awesome. And now they have the FM forty five. Oh, really? Okay, I yeah. got. And this is a uh, okay. I got to check yeah. into. Check this. them out. I need a new barrel. My um, so the last time we were at your house, Hank, my I blew the barrel out of mine. Really? Well, no. What happened? And I haven't taken it apart because I just haven't wanted to. Oh. But okay, the, it, we had a um, uh, out of battery. It went. Mm. It blew up out of battery, and it's only wow. nine mil, so it's not mm. like it was catastrophic. Oh, um, but I then thought I that was the, a suppressor that you blew up. Okay. No, no. I looked in the chamber and we had like knocked out the chamber on the nine mil barrel. So oh, I'm going to have to yards. So that's the FM nine at 50 yards, you know, okay. and I just testing out uh, ammunition and, uh, okay. you know, it's pretty impressive for a nine millimeter for mm -hmm. shot yeah. consecutively. Yeah. What's the barrel length? Uh, that ten? one has a 10 and a half inch trilug. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Hmm. Okay, they're, that's pretty good. They're pretty impressive. I, I'm yeah. really happy with it. So Yeah. Okay, so now here comes the part that uh, Babyface is waiting for. We should probably get into some reloading. Oh, God, let's yes. Get into the, let's get into the reloading <laughs> stuff. And as, as Elfster has said, he can't show you the whole process, so we're not doing that. But you're going to do a one-on-one -on -one thing, right? So, Babyface, I'm going to let these two take over, actually. I'll show you my right whole here. process. It's all on Pornhub.com. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> so I, I think what I would do, Hank, if you could bring up that playlist, that that start to finish playlist, we could probably break it down one section at a time. Okay, so we're jumping on. all over the place. So, all right, I have that up on screen right now. God, 
trying to trying to give everybody a walkthrough of how to reload in 20 minutes yeah no kidding oh yeah. lord yeah because yeah. there's yeah. so much that goes in okay so uh, here here's the first question somebody wants to get into reloading and i have a strong opinion on this one single stage or multi-stage like a demo right. pick up a yeah you know if you want the ultimate per precision you're definitely going to want to go single stage um you know if, if i had to recommend a good single stage i'd probably do the redding turret press uh, but you know just a standard rock chucker rcbs rock chucker if you want just something standard entry level that's plenty fine i i use a progressive press and i actually take the progressive nature out of it and i do if i'm reloading for precision ar ammunition i will take the progressive nature out of it and i will turn it into somewhat of a of a single stage press and you can totally do that and i have the hornady Lock and load. If I was to start over from scratch, though, I'd probably get something like a Dillon. Matter of fact, Dillon just came out with their 750 progressive press. And I, I think 100% you can reload precision ammunition on uh, progressive press. And if you want straight up spray and pray ammo, you want to pump out, sh sh you know, shit's hitting the fan. You want to pump out as much ammo as possible. The king is the Dillon 1050 with an ammo bot. Uh, amp, One day that, I'll have something like that. That is that is the ticket right there. If you want the best of the best, and it's going to be the the Dylan 1050 with an ammo bot. But um, you know, I I like my Hornady Progressive Press. It's it's served this purpose. But yeah, if you want the absolute truest precision with the least amount of runout on your ammunition, you're definitely going to want to get a single uh, single stage press. So yeah, I'm okay. I'm of the opinion that start with a single stage. Um, learn slowly through doing a single stage, learn everything piece by piece and get good at it. Mm -hmm. And then once you move up to a progressive, it, all it does is make everything faster, but you're more likely to break something or blow yourself up. So I always, and then for me, like loading the 32 ACP, a single stage, uh, you're never going to want to sell your single stage because there's always a reason you're going to go, ah, you know, I want to work up a load. I'll work up a load on single stage. It's so much better than trying to work up a load on a progressive press. Yeah. I mean, if, if you are reloading pistol, if you ever think you're potentially going to reload pistol, I would beeline it to progressive press personally. Oh, Something man. Like if, if you're, yeah, or yeah. if you're shooting a lot, yep. do a progressive you all do. the way. Yep. Nine mil, start out with nine mil and just load it up because you can yep. go as fast as you pull that handle. But yeah. if you're going for the most ultimate precision uh, bottlenecked rifle casing, Yes, uh, you're probably just going to want to stick with a single stage. So, yeah. Um, but usually when I'm re reloading, you know, I the first step would be something like brass organization. Uh, I, usually I'll, I'll organize my brass by the amount of fires on the brass. Um, and actually down here, if you guys can see it, I got uh, all my, for example, this is my 5.56 five, or 2.23 brass. I probably got 4,000 pieces in there. Uh, I <laughs> got... That's my problem right now is I have so much brass sitting around that like when I when I first met Hank, I was super excited about like sweeping the range. I was like, oh, man, I can go sweep the range and just have brass for days. I have so much brass at this point that I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck am I going to do with all this? And range range pick brass is good. Uh, you just got to be careful with range pick brass because you don't know how many fires are on that brass. Yeah, it could be a, a guy drop reloading like myself. And, you know, when I know that brass is at the end of its life expectancy i will just let it sit there on the ground and you do not know the fact that that piece of brass has eight fires on it and it's probably impending case head separation you need to be really careful with that when you're picking up range for brass and one good idea uh if you want to know if it's been uh range 
it's been fired before reloaded or if it's uh, factory ammunition that's true once fired range pick brass is pick up and look at that primer. If the primer has primer seal on it, that's a good indication that it's been only fired once. So, okay. Um, let me uh, let, um, let me let me just jump in here real quick. Uh, shout out to BWE Firearms, by the way. I see him out there. Also, let me um, ask everyone to smash the thumbs ups. We have over a hundred people watching, so there's no reason why we can't get up to a hundred thumbs ups. And um, and then one question. I know there's questions coming in. You guys load those. I'll be looking at all the questions so I can get those in. So let me ask this. Uh, for reloading, is it for everything, like for every round you shoot, or is it just for the special rounds, like how uh, Babyface is showing the 32 ACP? What do you guys think about that? Well, well, right now, pistol ammunition is so darn cheap that, I mean, I do progressively reload pistol ammunition, uh, but for me personally, it's more about precision ammunition. And I, I've always said this before, you, you reload because you want to get the most out of your firearm. You don't reload because you want to save money. You really have to have a passion for it. <laughs> That's and the thing. Never get into it thinking you're going to save money. You yeah. will if not you, save money. If you get into it to save money, you will get burned out and don't even attempt. You're not, you're not going to save money. You're going to shoot three times as much because exactly. you're going to spend the same amount of money. It's just yeah. it's just going to happen. Yep. So don't think you're going to save money. You're going to spend the same 200 bucks a month on ammo, whatever. You just yep. get three times the ammo out of it. And you're going for the most absolute precision. And usually for me, it boils down to doing like low development. I'm playing mm -hmm. with barrel, barrel harmonics. I'm playing with powder drops, different amounts of powder drops to play with the barrel harmonics and what stabilizes that bullet the best. I'm also playing with things like bullet jumps. Um, and also playing with headspace to, to make sure that that brass seals off in that chamber as fast as possible so there's no pressure leakage and you get consistent velocities. Okay. Uh, you know, because so, if so, one piece of ammo has mm -hmm. a higher velocity than the next uh, because, you know, you're using brass case ammunition compared to, to steel case ammunition, uh, or you drop too much powder, one piece of brass compared to the next, that one bullet is going to impact paper higher. Uh, it's, there's so many things that go into it when it comes to precision reloading, and uh, it's, it's really important. So. so how many different rounds are you reloading, Elster? Uh, so right now, I, for a pistol, I do 9mm, 40 Smith & Wesson, 45 ACP. Uh, on the rifle side, I do... Uh, 223 or 556, 243, uh, 7.62 by 51 or 308, uh, 6.5 Creedmoor. Um, you know, and my friend just got into 338 Lapua. I've been kind of been on his uh, coattails a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when it, a lot of guys buy a 338 Lapua, you know, it's super exciting, but they don't realize the fact that every time you pull that trigger, it's about four or five dollars a pull. So, and that's even <laughs> with reloading. So, you know, or other firearms like 458 Solcoms or 50 Beowulfs, you know, you you really got to look at the aspect of how much ammunition costs or how much it costs to reload it, just not how exciting that firearm is going to be to shoot. So, yeah, uh, Patrick, how about you? What are you reloading? Um, I'm set up to reload 945, 38, 357. I mostly do just do 357 for the Python. Um, yeah. Now I have the dies for the 32 ACP. Um, and then rifle, I, don't, I think that's all the pistol I have. Uh, do you uh, do rifle, 300 blackout? 
Uh, yeah, no, I have okay. 300 black. I, I got crazy under 300 black because it was expensive. And I did, and this was before I met you, uh, or before you had uh, the ammo contract mm-hmm. um, right, sponsor. Right. Yes, um, uh, let me. Um, before, yeah, Fort Scott, before I got spoiled with Fort Scott stuff, that, um, stuff, I, I would, yeah. I have a, a mold and I cast 300 black and load it, and it's stupid quiet. Uh, but on the rifle side, I'm set up for 223556. Uh, 308 uh what else rifle 300 blackout um is that it this is a lot i yeah i i could take i should take you downstairs i should jump on i mean i thought elfsters were gonna have more than you no no i reloaded you're still going before before i got again before you you got the the contract or the sponsorship i reloaded pretty much everything Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could reload seven uh, five four five thirty nine, but that's never gonna happen. Yeah. No. Uh, why? Why is that? Uh, why is the five four five stuff? Nobody makes dies. Nobody makes oh. brass. Nobody yeah. makes bullets. Oh, wow. Well, the it's thing is, you cheap. can buy that so cheap right now. Also, it's just the problem is it used to be even cheaper. So mm-hmm. now when I look at the prices here, mm-hmm. it's like, ugh, but well, yeah. that's why I have firearms like this, mm-hmm. and also like my PSA. KS-47 that shoots super cheap wool yeah. steel case ammunition at 7.62 by 39. Mm-hmm. I could buy a thousand rounds of that ship from Brownells for 185 bucks. That's something I don't have to reload for, you know, and I actually right. enjoy that sometimes. So, yeah. That's, you know. yeah, so it, for me, it's gotten to the point that uh, since I can go and steal from Hank's Ammo Supply, I've gotten now to where I have reloaded i only reload kind of odd things like 32 like this mm-hmm. project for 32 acp that i have working on mm-hmm. um 357 i like i i enjoy reloading 357 magnum because so when you buy 357 mag off the shelf especially self-defense rounds typically those those powders have what are called flash inhibitors in them mm-hmm. so they don't put out a, a big flash I don't like using powders with flash inhibitors because I like the fireball. So like I'll reload 357 <laughs> that spits a fireball just because it's hilarious to me. <laughs> but um, okay. yeah, I, I, I reload some of the more weird things now, especially when you're talking price. 357 is stupid expensive. 32 yep. ACP should be no more than like five cents a shot, but it costs 50 cents a shot. So that's why this has been a good project. Oh, okay. um, 45 is just too expensive as well. 45 yep. you can reload for like 20 cents. And they charge fifty at big box. So yeah, let's let's try to uh, let me try to just run down the uh, line here and get some questions in for people. David Cardinal says, "Can nine millimeter be loaded for less than sixteen cents a round?" So far, I'm only yes. interested in reloading rifle and revolver at a single stage. If you so. cast your own bullets, pretty much, if and you, 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 you pick up range pick brass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the nice thing about pistol brass is the straight wall case. It's not a bottleneck rifle cartridge. And your typical pistol brass, you can, I wouldn't say load that brass indefinitely, but it has an exponential amount of reloads above and beyond bottleneck rifle cartridges. You can go, yeah. So for example, like 5.56 or 2.23 rifle ammo, especially out of an AR, I might only get about, I don't know, maybe five or six reloads out of that piece of brass. When it comes to something like nine millimeter or forty-five ACP, man, you can. I've seen. I personally have reloaded well over 20, 25 times on one, uh, one batch of brass. Uh, so obviously, the the more times you reload, the lower that price drops because you're not 
having to pay for that brass, obviously, and if, especially if you picked up rifle uh, range pick rifle brass, it's the, how you're going to save the most amount of money. So, okay. all right. Did you want to uh, add on to that, Patrick? No, absolutely. Uh, pistol brass. The reason I always tell people to get into pistol first is because it takes a lot less to do it. It's you don't a lot have less to complicated. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to size your brass to the right height. You don't mm -hmm. have to uh, lube them when you're running them through the dies. There's a. It's a lot simpler, and it gives you a really good experience as to like how reloading works, what goes where, how to do things in order. I've always um, said the, the big fat elephant is headspace. Uh, the big fat mm -hmm. elephant in the room is headspace when it comes to reloading. And I'm not saying pistol doesn't have headspace, uh, but when it comes to rifle reloading, the, the number one thing, especially in terms of safety, is headspace. And if you're not, if you don't know how to properly size your brass to get the correct headspace, Mm -hmm. uh, it can be very dangerous, especially when it comes to things like case head separation. Um, but like in, in pistol uh, reloading, like he said, it's a lot easier. And I usually would recommend doing something like a it's, barrel plunk test to test that headspace. So it's really, um, yeah, it's it's a lot it's a lot simpler. There's a lot less to think about. That's one of the reasons why I stopped reloading two two three. Well, one Hank was getting. Uh, Fort Scott and I shoot a lot of their stuff now, but I just got so <laughs> you size it in the sizing die. And then, so for m my process, I do a wet tumble on all my brass. So I yep. size it in the sizing die and well, I, uh, empty, I, I take the, uh, I decap first, then yep. I wet tumble, then I size, you lube and size. And then I have, um, uh, shoot, what's that guy's name? He makes a, a all-in-one thing where you just press the brass into it and it cuts the it cuts it to the right size. Oh, like, Gerard. Gerard is that a triway? Gerard. Yeah, I have one of his trimmers. Um, but it, it got so I was just like, after a while, I'm like, I don't shoot that much five five six anymore. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to sit down and do this. So I've I've gotten to where I I reload kind of more specialty things. Thirty out six, yeah. I'll reload for like M, my M1 Grand. Um, but yeah, yeah right, it, right now the way. Pistol ammunition prices are. I rarely reload progressively for pistol. It's mostly yeah. precision. My precision ARs and precision bolt actions. Okay. It's, until it's, until the prices go crazy like they were what yeah. six seven years ago, yeah. where you couldn't get ammunition in the shelf. Then I was, you know, I got all the components. I got brass, primers, powder, bullets. I got enough here to last me years through the apocalypse. David yeah. Cardinal's tech question. When she hits the fan, I'm going to be everyone's best friend. Yeah. So. Yeah. Speaking of uh, rifle brass, if I'm only neck sizing for bolt action, do I need to bump the shoulder? Can I do Can I do it with a neck sizing die or is there a trick with a full length die? Okay, so when it comes to sizing brass, there's two different methods. You got full length resizing and then you have neck only. Now, if you're reloading for something like an AR or any type of semi-automatic, you absolutely have to full length resize. You don't have the luxury of doing neck only. And the reason why it's more about function, you, you have to make sure you bump that headspace back properly and that body is in spec and you have to full length resize. But when it comes to a bolt action, 100%, you can either full length resize or you can do neck only. And I've seen guys where they'll put no headspace at all and they'll they'll get it so that brass just barely fits in that chamber 
And then they'll do the neck only and they'll play with neck tension. And that's where their ball expanders come into play. And they'll, they'll, they'll size that neck down to, you know, two or one thousandths of an inch just below the diameter of the bullet to make sure that it has the proper uh, neck tension on it. But it's, it's about having no head space so that brass seals off in the chamber quicker. But for me personally, I just full length resize everything, uh, regardless if it's um, bolt action or ARs or semi-automatics. I just like to keep it simple, stupid for myself. So Okay. All right. Go ahead, Patrick. Um, no, my, one of my problems is when I reload cartridges, I, I'm not necessarily going to stick it in the same gun every time. So if you're reloading, like if you have one bolt gun in 243 or whatever, Mm -hmm. and you're only, and you know that that brass is only going back into that bolt gun, then yeah, you're good with neck sizing. For me, my 30 yacht could be my M1 Garand. It might be somebody else's M1 Garand. Uh, it might be somebody's, uh, 03 Springfield, so I like to do full link sizing just because it it I make sure everything comes back to spec. But that's just this yeah. just me. Uh, so, so for example, pure example sake, like this precision uh, bolt action here, I will reload ammunition strictly for this rifle. Mm-hmm. There's no no other brass or ammunition goes in this other than the reloads I specifically reload for this. Like you said, it's going for the your the ultimate precision. Then yeah, you might want a neck size. But for me, I just like to full length resize and keep it simple, yeah. stupid. How do you? And that's how I so, am. so that case, like to the point that Patrick is making, how do you keep from some accident happening that you don't like one of your friends or something takes that ammo and puts it in something else? Do you, so you specially do, package it, or what do you do? So when you fire around in that rifle, that brass expands to that rifle's chamber, and it's that's what's called fire form brass. And when you fire that round in that chamber, that brass expands and it custom sizes to the headspace of that particular rifle. Um, and then you would, for an AR, you'd want to bump that shoulder, the datum line, that's the distance from the base of the brass to the middle of the shoulder. You'd want to bump that brass back from fire form 0.003 to 0.005 thousandths of an inch back from fire form to make sure it'll function in that. And actually, I'll measure the headspace in multiple ARs of mine or semi-automatics to make sure that they'll work in all of them. Um, but if you're going for the ap- absolute precision, uh, a lot of guys, they w- won't bump their brass headspace back at all. Then they'll just do neck size only. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if it's for hunting, you definitely want to bump that headspace back uh, for for function purposes. You're not going absolutely for the most ultimate precision. So Okay. Okay. Um, and, and are there any tricks that you guys use just to make sure that those things don't get mixed in with other things or? Yeah, usually you have an info card. So, uh, for example, sake, um, whenever I start reloading, I don't know if you guys can make this out here. Yeah. Um, but I will put, you know, the date, the, the quantity that I'm reloading. I'll put information of the brass. For example, this was once fired, purchased Lake City brass. This is for my AR. Um, I actually put the target headspace on there. So if my, when I fire that round out of that AR and it ejects at, say, for example, 1.456 using heads, a headspace gauge. Uh, so this would be a headspace gauge right here. Let me get this firearm out of my lap. Uh, also obviously has his safe over there to the side because guns keep coming out. 
<laughs> so That's I actually nice. have a headspace gauge here. Okay. I hope you guys can make this out. Which uh, uh, hold on, let me go full screen with you. What uh, brand are you using there? So this is a Hornady bump gauge, also is a headspace gauge. Okay. And first and foremost, I want to make sure this is zeroed out. And I'm kind of jumping all over in regards to the reloading process. But um, this would be fire formed for most likely an M16. Uh, this probably came from the military. This is Lake City brass. I buy this mm -hmm. in batches of 1,000 for about 80 bucks. So about eight, eight cents a piece. And you can see this fire form to that specific AR's uh, chamber of mm -hmm. 1.462. Now, for my firearm, out of my specific AR, I actually have a piece of that here. <clears throat> it will fire form a considerable amount less because that has a wild chamber. They'll, they'll fire form at one. 0.457-ish, 4.58. And then usually for uh, an AR or semi-automatic, I'd want to bump that headspace back 0 0.003 to 0.005 back from fire form to make sure it functions in that AR. But for a bolt action or, or something that, that you, you where you can feel the resistance of that headspace in the bolt as you close it home, a lot of those guys won't put any bump on that shoulder at all and they'll they'll actually have it at zero or maybe uh one or two thousandths of an inch for headspace so okay cool uh interesting here let me get let me try to get in a, a couple of questions here uh or actually here's a comment from gibson fender he said elfsters is one of my new favorite channels on youtube just got here glad to see he's on his recent series on psa was stellar two thumbs ups there you go two <laughs> thumbs you. ups um let's see and dcg44 says who likes redding i think you got redding stuff is good it's expensive okay, redding, redding okay. is my favorite dies hands down matter of fact all my precision um like my bolt actions and my crown jewel my uh ar here i'll show you here guys in a little bit but mm -hmm. i use nothing but redding dies for my precision ars and main reason why is because they have what's called uh, a micro cedar die and i can play with a specific seating depth if i'm going it's, for pure yeah, precision basically got a micrometer on top that yeah. you can dial in tiny oh, cool. bits at a time tiny increments at a time okay you know and i usually buy them as a as a, as a three die set so it has a crimp um the cedar and sizer and um i know a lot of people ask the question do you crimp or not crimp i personally do not crimp my rounds at all uh, okay. As long as they have good neck tension, yeah, um, that's you know crimping ain't easy. Crimping ain't easy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to throw in some reloading humor. Not that I know, I have any idea. Okay, Richard Hughes, <laughs> Babyface thinks this is funny. <laughs> He's like, you're embarrassing me now. <laughs> um, Richard, well, we're gonna Hughes. get you reloading here one of these days. Here. Yeah, good luck. Hank is not the technical type. <laughs> he just doesn't have the time. I get distracted. Real, I get distracted. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not focused like Patrick. Himself up, so yeah. I do the reloading. <laughs> yeah, see, Patrick is the focus kind, man. I can, you know, I'm like a kit, uh, kitten after some string or something like that. You know, it's real easy. Um, Richard Hughes says, How do you know how many times it's been fired? Which is a good question. Some of these are from a while back, but I'm trying to get to every question here. So, how do you guys know? 
so you don't. Uh, well, if you're at the range and you're picking up range pick brass, you do not know. That's why you're going to be careful. And like I said earlier, you can pick up a piece of brass, and a good indication if it's only been fired once is a look at the primer. If it has primer seal around it, or if it's usually, crimped. or if it's crimp that shows shows a crimp, that's a good indication that it's only been fired once. And if you don't see that primer sealer on there, or if you've seen the crimp has always been removed for like military brass and Lake City brass that comes with a crimp on the primer, uh, that's a pretty clear indication that it's been reloaded. And you've got to be very careful about that because if you fire, especially bottle case rifle ammunition too many times, you can get what's called case head separation. And it is very, very dangerous. So it can literally blow up your rifle. So. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see here. I'm going to try to go through. And that's, that's why I do this brass organization. I mean, okay. I, this bag, I, I, I know for a fact, this bag of brass has four fires on it. And this, bag okay, that's, here, a, that's too much damn organization. So far as I'm concerned, yeah. this bag <laughs> has two, two bags of fires. Oh, no, see, I, I don't, I don't keep my stuff that organized. I yeah. shoot it till it, till I, so I've actually not had a whole lot of case head separation issues. Most of mine are cracked necks. Yeah. So like just about every time I just ch toss it when it looks like it's worn or the neck's cracked. Um, but yeah, I by wet tumbling first, dropping mm -hmm. the primers and wet tumbling, you can I, I look through the cases as I dump them into the Dillon to make sure that they look fine. Yeah. And but every, you, every inspecting your different. Yeah. inspecting Whether your ammo as you go along is is a big deal as well. So yeah. inspect when you clean. Um, inspect when you when you prime uh, before you package up all your ammo. I do a dunk test on. Um, I have the the chamber testers, and I dump each round in a chamber test to make sure it'll chamber. Um, and then I actually look at every round. I reload to make sure that there's no split necks. There's no the, the case head isn't stretching. You can actually um, test like for that. case head separation with a paper clip too. You can bend a paper clip out, bend the end of it at an angle, and you can scratch the inside of the uh, the brass. And if you feel you feel any indentation or especially uh, an obviously obvious dip. It's a good sign that case head separation is impending, and it, it's something you really got. It's the most important thing in the reloading aspect to keep an eye out for because it's very, very dangerous. Yeah. So, what do you guys do with the uh, with the shell casings that you're not going to use anymore that have been fired too much or whatever? A you bucket of that you take and get rid of. So I got yep. this bucket. It's called Bad Brass. Uh, after it's been fired too many times, once it goes in this bucket, it never comes back out. And I usually take it to the uh, recycle center um, and recycle it and get some money back. Okay. Yeah, I have a I have a five gallon bucket downstairs that I need to get to the recycle that weighs a monster amount of weight because it's probably eighty percent spent primers and twenty percent bad brass. So those those spent primers take up so much space in there that it weighs a ton, yeah. and I've just not taken it. I need to at some point. It's yeah. pretty much full. There's a there's a recycle place uh, in in uh, my neck of the woods. Well, I, uh, listen, I'll throw that five gallon bucket in the Audi. You come pick it up, and you can no, take it over. Not going in the Audi. Get you get you five <laughs> bucks worth of pickup worth truck of money all day long. <laughs> <laughs> all day long. That's for the pickup truck. Okay, let's see. Uh, LV Louis Cipher says. Um, 
Uh, Babyface, no argument there. My RCBS Rock Trucker, I bought back in 1993, still going. I also yeah. have the 12 gauge shot well, shell die set, which gives me a single that, stage. That's Nothing wrong with RCBS Rock Trucker. Matter of fact, my friends reloading 338 Lapu on his, and it works just fine. Yeah. I have a yeah. I have a, uh, a 12 gauge reloader in the garage that I bought that somebody refinished, and it looked great. I have never even brought it down off the shelf. I paid like 150 bucks for it, and I was like, man, maybe I'll reload some shotgun shells. <laughs> and then it went up on a shelf, and I don't buy shotgun. Okay, I, so you've never done that. Yeah. I've never used it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, shout out to John Crump. I see he's out there. Let's see uh, what other things we have here. Come Everyone on, guys. This is your bad brass and melt it down into an AR receiver. True. There was a guy that did that. True. He made a three, I think it was a 308 receiver, milled it out and everything. I've just. Yeah. That'll be a cool <laughs> project. That'll be a cool so I got project. A, I got a good yeah. question for you, Babyface. Do you and Neil? No, I've never have. I it's to me it's a waste of time with how cheap like with how much brass is I have. It's yeah. just a waste of my time. When the next splits, chuck it. Not even yeah. worth my time. Um, okay. It's he's a not, good practice. He's not Kaepernick, that's all I could say. He's not Kaepernick. <laughs> no, no, no one's I, I, Get it. You get, get it. it. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, let's see. Richard Hughes is surprised that you're sweeping my range. He doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. He's spoiled now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. SoCal Gunner says, I use a Lee Press for reloading my 300 Win Mag. Hunting ammo saves me so much money, and I make super accurate ammo. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Well, um, one of my big reloads that I do, um, that I actually will do is um, I'll, on a single stage, I reload Mark 262, the 77 grain match, open mm -hmm. tip match AR mm -hmm. ammo. And that stuff is stupid accurate. You can put hole on hole with a good load in that. Mm -hmm. That is some fun stuff to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, bullets for 223 is actually the 60 grain. I hope you guys will make this help. This is all bullets up here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 60 grain V Max. Yeah. You know, I got thousands of bullets um, up here. But this is your yeah. workshop, right? Yeah, so I got bullets Way here. too organized, man. Way too organized. Yeah. You're going to have to trash up this workshop. I probably got about, uh, I'm guessing, 50 pounds of powder down here. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's my problem. Is, is we don't, do, you have a good, do you have a good reloading shop there locally? Yes, uh, Shields is amazing, man. Uh, if you got a local Shields... They have everything, powder, primers, every single bullet you could possibly think of. And what's really nice about Shields is they, they match online without question. Oh, you're really lucky. We don't have any good reloading spots here. Yeah. Uh, we, have one, we have one guy that runs a ammo manufacturer. So if I ever need anything, I can always go to him and ask for, you know, hey, do you have some brass I could borrow? Or do you have a box of these bullets I could buy? Yeah. Um, but we don't have we don't have a good reloading spot anywhere in the city. Well, that's where you got to keep an eye out for things like online with like Natchez and even Brownells where they do the mm -hmm. free hazmat promo oh, codes. Makes it so worth it. Yeah. You really got to keep an eye out. And that's where you really want to jump on those, especially with those promo codes. Man, you can get a eight pound jug of something like H4350 shipped with that promo code for like 185 bucks and that's crazy cheap for powder for an eight, um, eight pound jug of it so back you know, back when pounds. yeah the big the big ones um back when right after sandy hook when i started really getting heavy into reloading uh, and powder was hard to find there was a guy that would was selling uh quote-unquote loose powder because he had bought like 25 kegs so t the kegs are 
shit, 25 pounds, 30 pounds, 40 pounds, something like four. I think of 40 pounds. Um, and I God, I should have just bought the whole 40 pound keg because I've never seen another one. It, it's it's how they get delivered to like Winchester or mm-hmm. to the big companies, just the full 40 pound keg. And I, I've never been able to find another one. But man, I, think I wish I, I think we're putting Hank to sleep with our reloading. No, 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 no. You guys are doing good. I'm just looking at the comments. Let me get some. Uh, OK, John Crump is wants to know who likes popcorn. So there you go. If you want some popcorn, John Crump is in the chat right now. I'm sure he will direct you to that. The pants says, I'll take some of that spare brass off your hands. Hashtag you need just five, five, six, you let me know. I got, God, 10,000 rounds sitting downstairs yeah. probably. Yannick Stoner right. says, Hank, can you email me 556 five, brass? Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, he, oh, he said a, mail, not email. So Here's a thousand pieces of 556 five, Lake City I just purchased. Uh, so a thousand pieces. I got this for eighty right. bucks off a guy off of uh, Facebook. Facebook oh, cool. doesn't need cool. to know that, but eighty yeah. bucks. You know, usually I can reload this about five, six times out of an AR until the next starts to split, like good old babyface stated mm-hmm. earlier. Um, but yeah, cool. How do you store your powder? As long as it's cool and dry, you're good. For me, so what I like to do is the lower in my basement. The lower, the better. Um, Oh, you know, yeah, you got, God got forbid, God there. forbid you ever get a fire in your house. Um, you know, like this situation, I got 40, 50 pounds of powder. Uh, I do have PEX piping in here. And if a fire does occur, most likely that PEX piping is going to turn into a good water sprinkler. And I'll, usually in a, a fire, a lot of damage in a fire actually happens from water damage. And that's why I try to keep my powder in my basement as low as I can to the ground. Uh, but Sammy Specs actually recommends, believe it or not, putting storing powder in a wood crate. And I know, I know that seems crazy, but if you actually read their specs, they actually recommend storing in a, in a wood crate. Why would so, that be? Something to do with uh, the the the. That's another thing too is you never want to store your powder in a concealed container. Uh, that's the quickest way to create a bomb, obviously. So that's why you'll never see this being locked. It's a loose doors on it. And um, I'm not exactly sure why Sammy Specs call out for a wood crate. I think it has to do with the burn rate. Um, but yeah, I don't know, that's what they call out for. But I keep mine in a metal cabinet, not locked, not sealed. In the, in the original container is pretty important too. And yes. never mix, don't mix your powders. If you get a new batch, a new pound, don't pour it in with your old six pounds that you already have. Yeah, keep them exactly. separate. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, let's see. Okay. Uh, I'm going to get this comment in. Tyvin shows disagreeing with you, Patrick. He says 338 is still $13 around and reload for $2 around. Yeah, but you're never going to reload enough 338 Lapu to pay for your six. You're, you're dealing 750. It's, it's just yeah. never going to happen. It's all about yeah. what it really is about all the bullet that you pick. You can pick mm-hmm. one bullet, it could be one price. Pick another one, it could be twice the price. Yep. And it's how many reloads you can get out of that piece of brass obviously every time you reload it it knocks that price down super so. magnums are the other one that you i don't know how many reloads you get out of a magnum like a 338 you know if you get something <clears throat> like a 300 grain sierra match king with you know i think 338 the last time i checked takes damn near 88 grains of powder. yeah it's yeah. twice the amount of powder as a 308 
Yeah, uh, you're gonna you're gonna kill that jug of powder twice as fast. So. Yeah, that that's the thing you don't realize when you're re- especially when you're reloading magnum cartridges. Yeah, so when case. you're buying those rifles, you got to keep an eye out for not only the price of the rifle, but how much they had to cost to shoot the damn thing. You get what a hundred cartridges? It's seven thousand grains per pound, yeah. and you're talking eighty-eight. Let's see. Well, the way you figure the cost of ammunition is one pound of powder has 7,000 grains. So, for example, if I'm reloading 223, and that particular 223 round takes 24 grains of powder, you're going to take the 7,000, divide it by 24, and that's how many rounds you're going to get out of that one pound of powder. You get about so 80, 80 rounds out of one pound for so then you, 338 Lapua. Once you figure out how many rounds you can get out of pound powder, you just divide that by the price, and that's how you figure out your uh, yeah minus minus your labor, of course. Yeah, oh, God, you uh, never you never take in. <laughs> so that's one thing for me. I never account for labor, and I never account for equipment prices because I, I'm going to own the equipment anyways, and I'm going to put the time in no matter mm-hmm. what. Yeah. Just don't yeah. even think about it. So yeah. for a pound of powder, you can usually get about 290 reloads for two, two, three. I'll give you an example. Okay. So, uh, Gibson Fender has a question. Says, "Ask uh, Elfster what's his favorite brand of new brass. Uh, does he like Starline?" And he's thanking all of us. What's so this that, new brass thing you're when talking? When it comes <laughs> to bra- brass, it just depends on what I'm reloading for. I'm a huge AR Precision uh, fan. Here, I'll show you my crown jewel here. Um, this is Again, my if crown. If you want to see the crown jewels, go to Pornhub.com/babyfacep. So this is my <laughs> okay, crown jewel. We this don't want to see my... your family jewels, the crown jewels, <laughs> the crown jewels. But for yeah. this, you know, for my ARs, I like to use Lake City brass. Uh, yeah. Lake City brass is super cheap to buy, uh, but it's very durable. They got to meet a specific military spec with Lake City brass for my ARs. But, you know, if it's for a bolt action, I'm probably going to buy something like Lapua brass. So um, Lapua seems like it's... It lasts really long, and it's a little expensive, but you get more reloads out of it, so it's kind of a wash. So yeah. You get the quality. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, Tyvin has another thing. He says, never reload on a humid day. Your powder can draw in unwanted moisture. So uh, is that, that a thing? If you're in Florida, never reload. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about, what about if your house is air-conditioned? Well, that definitely helps. You, it, yeah. You, you want a dehydrator. Uh, I have heard of cases dehydrators turn, started a fire. Uh, mm-hmm. That's not a good thing when you got 50 pounds <laughs> of powder right, right next door. So. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's see. Um, uh, baked, baked, baked Pagan, I think that's the name. Baked Pagan says, not a reloader, but this show is very informative. So there's, yeah. there's a thing with if you're – if you're mechanically inclined and you like tinkering, reloading is 100% yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. See, I'm Absolutely. an estimator by trade. I oh, so this, is a, this is like you work in numbers so, all day, yeah, every day. This I work perfect. with numbers all day long. So Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see here. I'm going to go to another one. Uh, let's see. What's this one? DCG44 says, so you can sign up for BDU and come out good on expensive ammo like 338 Lapua instead of build, uh, loading your own. Um, um, no. Okay, that's Babyface. Well, Babyface says no. All, he's got he's got personal precision. reasons. Yeah. If you're reloading, yeah. it's, it's for me at least. It's all about precision. So yeah, and it's it's cathartic. It's fun. It's oh. a hobby. 
it's more than just a means to an end. It's it's something to do. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a yeah. legacy skill, in my opinion. It's, it, to be a, a true marksman, it's 33% shooter, th- 33% how accurate your firearm is, and 33% reloads. If you're mm-hmm. trying to shoot long distances, especially like a mile, an example, we went out to shoot a mile at PSA. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, if your firearm can't produce one minute of angle groups at 100 yards, one minute or less, you're, you're kind of wasting your time shooting at a mile. Um, you know, one minute of angle group at a mile is 18.4 inches. And, you know, if your firearm can produce a one minute of angle group at 100 yards or one inch, it's going to be 18.4 inches at a mile. Well, if your firearm produces a two minute of angle group at 100 yards, that 18.4 doubles in size at a mile. So it's really important to, in my opinion, reload if you're going for the ultimate mm-hmm. precision and shooting long distance. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Red Bear says liking that Avi. I don't know what that means. Is that, is that, uh, Elster's like Liking that what? The Avi. No. I don't know what that is. A-V-E? How do you spell A-V-I, it? A-V-I. A-V-I. Oh. I don't know. Uh, no idea what that means. You're going to have to elaborate, Red Bear, because it went <laughs> right over the Mohawk. Um, yeah, but show us this gun, man. Tell us the details of this gun you have here while while Babyface yeah, so is chowing is down. My crown jewel. So You're not on was... screen, Babyface, so go for it. <laughs> I got Chinese food. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> so this Good. was actually made at Krieger. Uh, the friend, uh, uh, the gunsmith at Krieger, he built this at Krieger. It has a Krieger barrel on it. It's a 6.5. Mega Ma 10 AR. It's got a billet mega upper with a billet lower. Uh, it's got a Krieger 22 inch uh, heavy profile barrel. Uh, it's got a blended brake and it's got an actual two inch extra inches of gas tube on it above and beyond rifle length. So, you know, usually when you get a gas tube, it's going to be carbine length, rifle length. This one has an extra two inches of gas tube on it for lower gas pressures. Okay. Um, oh, this is specialized. Full, fully ambidextrous controls, the JP low mass bolt carrier group uh, with a JP silent capture system with tune springs and a PRS butt stock. Holy so moly. This is, uh, this is a real tack driver. Can we see a close-up of it? Do you mind? Can we see? Yeah, let's, let's get it in here let people. So you said a blended brake. What does that mean? It's built into the barrel? What's a blended yeah. brake? So the, the brake is literally blended right into the barrel itself. I don't know if you can see that or not. Okay, I've never seen that before. That's my it's, first time. <clears throat> so it's the, the uh, rifle probably is threaded. They, they yeah. then thread the brake on and then... You file it in so there's no seam. You don't Uh, see any seam at all. Now, this is great if you want less recoil, but when it comes to suppressors, it really Mm -hmm. Mm sucks. You don't want that if you got a suppressor. Yeah. Okay, very cool, man. That's a nice – and what do you use that for? So that would be definitely a long-range precision rig, Mm -hmm. and that that is my AR. Um, This is also my bolt action that has a Krieger – barrel with a blended brake pretty much the same barrel you're all blended braked out yeah so (laughs) (laughs) but this was actually one of the first um ruger precision rifles when they first came out Mm -hmm. uh i i can't i can't be 100 percent on this but i was i'm pretty sure i was the first one to get a direct thread barrel on a ruger precision rifle that was aftermarket 
Okay. Uh, so this thing is an absolute tack driver, and it's actually my most accurate firearm I have, hands down. So. Talk about bang for your buck. Those 6.5 precision rifles are amazing. Yeah. yeah. For $1,200, you can get into long range, and it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that's what we have. We have, what was the one that we were, we, we, uh, we're not using the Ruger. No. Wasn't that? Well, we're shooting that at the a PSA Ruger? event. Oh, no, no, no. Um, uh, no, the PSA event was actually a PSA. Um, I thought we did make a Ruger, uh, Ruger American. No. That Creek Yeah. We, oh, that is an Ruger, but yeah. it's, it's a American, not a precision. Oh, okay. It's an American. It's okay. American put into a precision stock or a precision type stock, but okay. it's not the quote unquote Ruger precision rifle. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Dude. Those Ruger precision rifles are amazing. Okay, Dudabod says, I'm currently learning to precision reload six PPC from a precision dude. Uh, it's an art and a science. My first reload mm -hmm. cartridge will be 308 uh, Win rifle and 9mm pistol. It's, yep. It is yeah. an art. Three, you get into stuff like that. 308, yeah. my, my opinion, is probably the best cartridge to learn on. Uh, 223 or 308, if you want to start out reloading, 100%, that's probably the, the best two cartridges to learn on. As a matter of fact, I have that playlist. I don't know if you can bring that up again, but it, yeah, it, I, it, it actually now. shows you how to reload 223 and 308 together, a start to finish video series. You know, like I said, it goes through uh, brass organization, decapping, cleaning, drying brass, annealing, swaging, uh, uniforming the primer pocket, the flash hole, lubing brass, uh, talking about fire form brass, headspace, Full length sizing versus neck only, um, sizing your brass, trimming the brass, chamfer and deburring, dropping powder and seating that bullet. And if you guys got any questions, don't hesitate to give me a shout out on Facebook. That's usually the best way to get a hold of me, uh, Facebook Messenger. If you guys got any questions on loading, I'm definitely here to help you out. So. Yeah, and that's um, if someone's joining us right now, that's on Elfsters, Rifles and Reloading on YouTube. Um, you know, if you want to ask him questions, we'll, we'll definitely have him back on over here. But, you know, I figured while we're here, we'll get into this. Um, and for the folks out there, please hit the smash the thumbs ups, man. Come on, like 17 more and we get to 100. Let's see. Um, David Cardinal says biggest investment in a single piece of reloading gear was the Lab Radar Chronograph. Lab yeah, radar so that's chronograph. a chronograph. Um, I don't think it was probably the best chronograph you can get. So, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> Yeah. What was that, Patrick? Honestly, my uh, my chronograph, I have a cheaper one. If I were able to, for <clears throat> testing ammo, mm -hmm. testing rifle ammo, I think my, what I would want to get is one of the, um, I can't remember what it was called. Mac had one. Uh, you, basically, it's a camera system that goes, that you put down range and it is a wireless signal back to where you're sitting. So you don't have to use a spotting scope. You can just see what you're shooting at. Because that's the hardest thing is you're sitting back and, I don't have a good spotting scope, so at 100, trying to spot a 22 hole oh. with a shitty spotting scope is yeah. pretty tough. You know what? That's like what they used when we were doing the mile, Elster. Did you have a? Was it a camera thing? Yeah, there yeah, was a thing yeah. that was on the. It was on the stand with us. We were like, they kind had of the like, Cadwell one mile target system, where it's yeah, that's what it was. See, those it's are really a, cool. It's got a receiver and a broadcaster, and mm -hmm. it will send the signal uh, right back to you. You can link it up with your iPod or iPad, and um it, it's nice to have especially when they're shooting those distances oh mile. yeah 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 heck there's guys shooting three and a half mile damn near three and a half miles now over three miles which is holy insane. moly okay yeah. 
Respect to those guys. Um, so uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, Baked Pagan says, love the scope. So what were those scopes you had on there? I'm sure you said it, but I missed it. Because I think it looks like on both of those guns you had the same scope, right? Uh, no. Um, my bolt action, these are kind of older scopes. I should probably update them, but this is the Burris XTR2. So I don't know if you guys could make that out there. So this is a uh, 5 to 25. This is a minute of angle flavor scope. So it's not a mill base scope. It's a minute of angle. It's a minute of angle base scope. It's also uh, an FFP. It's not a second focal plane. It's a front focal plane or first focal plane scope, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, a lot of guys use first focal plane or front focal plane scopes for ranging, but it's, everyone talks about ranging when it comes to front focal plane scopes. Uh, it's, it's really about doing holdovers at different magnifications for field of view is where it really boils down to it when it comes to scopes. But uh, otherwise, I pretty much rock nothing but Vortex. I, I like their warranty, uh, especially when it comes to sell the, the scope. Mm -hmm. People know that. It's a transferable, non-questionable non um, uh, warranty. warranty. Mm -hmm. um, but I actually have a, a, a firearm series about to come out, and I can't exactly drop the information on that, but it's uh, I got this Nikon scope. I uh, just got in. It's going to be on that firearm, which I'm about to debut here in about two weeks. Uh, this will be the Nikon FX 1000. It's an FFP or front focal plane scope, minute of angle, quarter MOA clicks. And, you know, you can usually get these for, I don't know, shipped 580 bucks for a front focal plane scope. Heck, two, three years ago, to get a, uh, a FFP scope, you minimum 1200 bucks. Mm -hmm. You know, you got places like Athlon now. Uh, I think Primary Arms is coming out with their Gold Series. Um, and to get the fact that you can get FFP scopes now for under $700 is yeah, pretty Yeah, man, the, the competition in the space <laughs> has really made it uh, a good, you know, good prices and good yeah. value and stuff like that for the consumer yeah. out there yeah. right now with all the competition. And by the way, it's not stopping. There's more and more people getting into the space, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Um, but I try to keep a collection mm -hmm. of, uh, second focal plane and uh, front front focal plane scopes, and also mill and MOA base scopes to keep me fresh on those tactics. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Um, DCG forty four says I prefer Thompson Center Performance Center over Ruger. Uh, I yeah, I, we've we've tested their stuff. We've got no issues with it. Yeah, um, I've heard good things about them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. What's another? Uh, Mechanically speaking. Most firearms will outshoot you, <clears throat> mechanically speaking. From mm -hmm. your average shooter, most mm -hmm. rifles will outperform the shooter. Mm -hmm. So uh, most of the time, you just need to improve your – once you get to a certain level, then you can start looking at, like, expensive rifles and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But for your everyday shooter, hunter, somebody wanting to improve their skills, you don't need to spend $5,000 on a Shytech or 10000 or whatever it is. Like, you can improve your skill on something 500 yeah. to to 1000 well, especially then, like these precision AR rigs, like PSA is coming out with. Mm -hmm. I mean, heck, you can get a 6.5 Creedmoor PSA. I think it comes with an 18-inch barrel, threaded. It has adjustable gas block. Uh, it's for what 7.99 for yeah, a 6.5 Creedmoor yeah. with a stainless barrel. Yep, yeah. that's I mean that's unheard of. Yeah, absolutely and, unheard of. And we actually saw their QC process on those barrels. It's it's ridiculous. 
And not only that, but to actually walk through that DC machine plant Mm -hmm. and actually see real Americans working on Mm -hmm. real freedom. It's, it's, it was something to really see in person. I, it changed my mind, especially I mean, not a good viewpoint on PSA, but to actually see that in person really goes, man, these are some hardworking people trying to produce American freedom, protecting our second amendment. I was really impressed. Right. Okay. So we got a super chat here from Gibson Fender. He says, one more for Elfster, if I may. When he shot them all during the PSA event, what rifle was he shooting? Uh, he And he, he wants to thank all of us, so thanks to Gibson sure. Fender out there. Yeah, you want to talk so about I, that? So I was shooting the PSA, the the, the, the PSA, uh, their 6.5 Creamore. Like I just pretty much just got done explaining it. It, it has the adjustable gas block. Uh, I believe they had the PSA uh, scope on there, too. Mm-hmm. Um and I, personally, I think if I was PSA, I would have put like a 20 minute of angle built in mount on that because they were maxing out that reticle. Yeah. And we were doing the absolute max on the holdover on the reticle to hit at a mile, I believe it took almost 79 minutes of angle. And <laughs> I believe that scope on the elevation turret maxed out, I think at 60 minutes. So if you got to make a minute of angle adjustment for a mile at roughly 79, 78 minutes of angle, we'll just round that up to 80, and your tur- turrets max out at 60, you got to make up 20 minutes of angle somewhere, and you're going to do that with a holdover on the reticle. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that's exactly what we were doing. I don't know if you remember that, yeah. uh, Hank, but we were putting that two-foot-by-four-foot steel plate at a, a mile at the very bottom of of that reticle holdover with the elevation turrets maxed out. Mm-hmm. So it was it was pretty insane. Yeah. But, I mean, they were connecting, and everyone hit it in our group, which is yeah. really impressive, especially for a, a firearm that costs 799 bucks. Yeah, so. it's pretty much, if you want to know, it's your standard uh, PSA 6.5 Creedmoor uh, semi-auto. Yeah. Yep. You know, and that 6.5 Creedmoor at a mile, that's max. It's about as max as you can do. I mean, the, the mm-hmm. energy foot pounds and the feet per second on that 6.5 bullet. I'm not exactly sure what ammunition they're using, but the, the energy foot pounds and the feet per second at a mile is similar to a nine millimeter handgun at point blank range. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's dropping like a rock at those ranges into the absolute max. So to get past anything further than that, uh, you'd have to put a, a minute of angle scope mount on there, which they didn't have. They should have had it, but they didn't. Yeah, so um, explain uh, that. Explain the minute of angle scope mounts um, and where you get okay. them from. And So you when you are shooting extreme long distances, um, it's probably a good thing to buy a scope mount that has minutes of angle built into it. Uh, what it does, it just tilts the scope you know, down more, so you've got to crank it back up. So you're not running out of uh, minute of angle adjustments on your elevation turret, or in our case, we were maxing out not only the elevation, but also the holdover on the reticle. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, if it was another 200 feet, uh, we wouldn't have seen it. Uh, so to, if you're, I guess I've always said it's better to have it than not to have it. Um, it definitely doesn't hurt to buy a scope mount that has at least 20 minutes of angle built into it. So you don't start running out of elevation on your turrets or maxing out your holdover um and all of my precision rigs have that on there with 20 minutes and they even go more than that i've seen 30 40 
Especially right. shooting extreme distances. So. Okay, so extreme distances. What are you saying? Once you're shooting over a thousand yards, what's? It depends on the cartridge. Okay. You know, I got a I got a video of me shooting my Ruger Precision 22 LR rimfire mm -hmm. at 300 yards, mm -hmm. and uh, if memory serves me correct, that took 52 minutes of angle, and that's just at 300 yards to hit a steel plate at 300 yards. Mm -hmm. um, it just depends on the cartridge, you know. Okay. It, um, let's see. Okay, the juice wants to remind Babyface. That's the bullseye camera system. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, that. I, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you're behind on comments. Right. Well, they I'm way have behind. the bullseye, behind. and then they have the Cadwell. They're two different things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, let's see what is. Uh, let's see what's this. Uh, what's this other comment here? Okay, dog dogface soldier wants to know what's our carry guns. You guys want to uh, get into this? I have a. Well, G43 for me, G43. Yeah, go ahead. I got a SIG P320 uh, compact with a Romeo 1. I like I like the Romeo 1. It's got the auto on and off feature on the red dot. So the second I pick it up, that thing turns on, and the second I laid it down, it shuts off. So Nice, nice. What about you, babyface? P365 still. Yeah. <clears throat> I absolutely. still love mine. Yeah. Um, and just for today, I brought in the shield. This is this is what used to be Lola's. Uh, oh, man. Man, you can get those dirt shield. cheap on Palmetto. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man, this is insane. <laughs> it's like two for a dollar, two for a dollar, right? Yeah, now, the shield. Unheard old of school. Prices. Remember these bad boys? <laughs> Unheard of prices. <laughs> yeah, real old school. Okay, let's see. Um, let's see if there's any. I know I'm way behind on these comments here. I'm trying to catch up and see. Uh, Gibson Fender says he loves Vortex. Uh, Okay, let's see what else is going on here. Um, okay, I'm just going to skip forward to the end so we can see. I think I enjoy reloading more than shooting. I really like the load development. I okay. kind of agree. <clears throat> it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to get away sometimes, yeah. and you're just like surrounded by people at the range, which sucks. Mm -hmm. Usually when yeah. I'm fighting with my girlfriend, I'm reloading. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, someone was asking us about 300 Blackout. Like, what's the opinions on 300 Blackout? I saw the question. They asked it a couple times. We should probably hit that. What do you guys think about 300 Blackout reloading-wise? Do it. So the reason why you're going to reload 300 Blackout is because most likely you're running suppressed. Uh, it's really a suppressor-friendly cartridge, obviously. Uh, especially for reloading, you can play with those different powder drops and try and get it super subsonic uh, nice. so you can take that air protection off. But mm -hmm. in my personal opinion, if you're not going to run a can, uh, I, I would just run 7.62 by 39. Matter of fact, I have um, I have this PSA 10.5-inch uh, or 5.56223, uh, but I also have a 7.62 by 39 upper that I can swap out with the same lower. Uh, I just, when I'm using the 7.62 by 39, I use a C products magazine with it mm -hmm. and, uh, I can use the same lower. So I, it saves me what, 200 bucks right there. And I just swap them back and forth. So if you're, in my opinion, if you're not going to run a can, not run suppress, I just run with the 7.62 by 39 being a, you can get a thousand rounds of Wolf steel case ammunition shipped for 185 bucks. I mean, that's. It's a no-brainer right there. Um, okay. But, yeah, if you're going to be running a can, 300 Blackout is the way to go. Yeah. Uh, Babyface, you want to add anything to that? <clears throat> yeah, if you're uh, if you're using it for what its intended purpose was, which is a 10-inch barrel, uh, 
subsonic with a can, then I think personally, I think three inch blackout is amazing. I love it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, for when you start talking for like people that want uh, like the 124 grain, 123 grain, or 115 grain bullets, at that point, it's the same ballistics as an AK, and AK ammo is cheaper. So typically, I just go for the AK. Um, the only difference, I guess, is if you want the ballistics of a 7.62.39 in an AR platform, then I like the. Um, <clears throat> I don't like running 7.62.39 ARs. I'd rather run a 300 blackout. Mm-hmm. It's uh, $185. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's stupid cheap. For a thousand rounds. Yeah. Um, Dude Abide says for, for you, you can get 20 MOA from a reflex periscope in front of your scope. Uh, see Tibosaurus Rex. So there you go. And then the juice says, I'm not sure what any of that is. You guys either understand that or don't. Uh, Juice says 20 MOA mounts are 5.8 MRAD in case there's any MRAD heads out there. Yeah. So he's just talking the difference between mill-based and uh, or milliradian versus meditative angle. So they're two different systems. They do the same damn thing. Yeah. Um, And then Kermit Loves Bacon says, Babyface, why did you get a Dylan 750? Yeah, so I don't, I, I wish I had a 750. The 750 is the new one that just came out. Um, I have a XL650, yeah. or 650XL, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and I love it. I've run it for a long time. Um, the reason I went with the 650 over the 550 at the time was I wanted the powder check. So the 650, if you wanted a, a basically a powder check that tells you pretty much if you have no powder or double charged, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's a kind of a gross measure. Um, you either had to do a 650 or a 1050, and the 1050 was kind of just outside of my my budget at the time where the 650 i could reasonably afford i had to do some saving but i saved up the thousand bucks to put down on a 650 with all the gubbins yeah um i just didn't the 550 things about that 750 though i don't know what they changed i know that the you can't upgrade a 650 to a 750 because they have reworked the mold itself the cast Check out High Boy Reloader 76. He okay. has uh, a whole series that he just got a 750 on it. He really knows his stuff, too. Good guy. You wish you really okay. check this Yeah, I'll go look. Uh, yeah, what's the name I, I again? Would, uh, it's, I believe it's High Boy 76. Okay. Uh, 76 High Boy Reloading. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, I love – personally, I'm a fan of Dylan stuff. Yeah. Um, I love everything Dylan. It's just they're kind of – they're kind of premium, so you pay yep. a premium price for their dyes. If, and if you want stuff. the best of the best, and if I was a start all over, I would have got Dylan presses. I mean, I still like my Hornady. It, it fulfills its need, and I probably won't change. But if I was a start over, I would probably go the Dylan route. Oh, is so. Dylan is Dylan the uh, cream of the crop? Yeah, and what's nice about Dylan's is they have these uh, ha- these interchangeable heads on them. So uh, if you want to have a, a head with all the dies, they're set just perfectly for nine millimeter. And you just, you can have a whole other head that you can pull this out and put this head back in that has 45 ACP. And you don't have to screw around and rearrange all your dies. Uh, you can jump from cartridge to cartridge like this. Yeah. And that's what's, well, that's where Dylan really shines is the fact that you can have multiple uh, heads for different cartridges and you can reload a whole gambit of cartridges just like that. So they're okay. also the guys that came up with the Dylan minigun. So that okay. also makes it better. <laughs> so the Dylan minigun is the same Dylan precision. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, but no, I, I, I have 
loaded, God, probably 10,000 nine millimeter through that my Dylan. And it has never given me an issue. It's never failed me. When you start getting into some weird stuff, like trying when 300 blackout first came out and there weren't a Dylan didn't have a set of dies or a set of things to use with it. You kind of had to pick and choose what you wanted and things got a little funky, but, um, yeah, if I had the money, if I had to pick again a 750, I would start. Yeah. Well, I like the single stage for working up stuff, but if you're going progressive, 750 was where it's at. Yeah. If you really want to start hauling ass, though, like if you got, if you got, yeah, if you got two grand to blow on a on yeah. a thing, get a a 1050 and get an ammo bot. Yeah. And you, because that thing will crank out some ammo. No, Joe. I just, Hank, you push one button and, and you just tick, sit there tick, like, tick, 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 ah, it's it. all mechanical. And it costs how much? How much is <laughs> that? Twenty five hundred, three thousand, something like that. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, not too bad. But it, not it's not bad. as much as the other one because there's there's that one that is it's a uh, and I don't know who makes it, but it's a straight line and it feeds the cases straight through and it does one step at a time. Yeah. Those things run about fifteen grand. Yeah. You can get into the Dylan with the ammo bots for like I think like thirty five hundred. If I was to pick one single stage, though, right now, I, I'm a big fan of that uh, Redding turret press. So, Okay. Um, let me see. Let me ask you guys this question, uh, and I'll start with Patrick. How did you guys get into reloading? So, um, I got into guns in 2000, probably 2011 or 2012, and then right afterwards, Sandy Hook happened, and every bit of ammo dried up. Like I, I, I remember back when Sandy Hook happened, I would drive around, go Walmart to Walmart on a Saturday morning just to try to grab ammo so I could have some fun. And I wasn't even hoarding. I was just trying to buy a box of a hundred rounds of nine millimeters so I could go shoot a little bit. Uh, so I got really tired of that. And I got into the reloading section of Reddit and it kind of tickles that part of the brain for me that is it's just the perfect combination of things, fixing things, making things, building stuff. And then you get you get an end result that you can literally shoot like it's just the perfect combo. So part of it was to actually have some ammo so I could shoot. And then part of it was it's just it's that perfect like it tickles that perfect building part of my brain. OK, very cool. What about you, officer? So uh, I've kind of got my start. Uh, a lot of my friends on Sniper's Hide, um, I had a, a group on there, a for, forum posting called the, the 6x5 group where uh, guys would shoot at one target, six total groups at five shots each. We would measure the size of each group, add up those total six groups and divide it by six, and that was your average score. And it was kind of like drag racing uh, for, for precision firearms. Um, and I was watching other guys that were reloading, just destroying me in regards to accuracy. And no, you really can't compare the two, uh, when it comes to accuracy, reloading versus factory, you just not, it's not going to happen. So that's kind of where I got my start was, okay. uh, that's so when you were watching them, you realized that they were getting better results because they reloaded. Oh, by far, especially when they start going to load development and you're playing with barrel harmonics. Uh, you know, things like barrel harmonics, uh, when you're playing with low development, when you shoot, uh, your rifle, your barrel actually has a wave to it. If you put it under slow motion and what you're trying to do is you're playing with the barrel harmonics, you're dropping powder at different powder rates and you're trying to get that bullet to exit the muzzle. The second it's pointing straight, 
And you're also playing with other things like bullet stability. Uh, when you're different, dropping different powder drops, and I'll actually, you know, guys will do things called OCW or optimal charge weight tests or ladder tests. Uh, some guys will look at their chronograph readings and look for flat spots. And uh, not to bore you guys completely to death with low development, but I've seen these guys coming up with these insane results that were just destroying everybody else, and that's kind of how I got into it. And that's also where I got my nickname, Elster. So. Okay, very cool. Uh, let me get this question in here. John Voorhees says, um, what would uh, be your guys' two dream full autos to own? Me would be MP40 and MP60. Um, do you guys have any... Uh I'm sure. I, I would definitely want an MP5 full auto. MP5 because yeah. it's yeah. cheap and fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. ammo I'm, is cheap and fun. I'm yeah. itching for that Palmetto State uh, PA5. I really am. Yeah. Um, like everyone, everybody else. <laughs> yeah. And I would, I would say, want a belt fed. Beyond belt that, fed? Okay. I'd want some sort of belt fed 5.56 yeah. gun. Because then yeah. you can still get ammo, and but you can blow right. the hell out of it and yeah. have fun. I mean, if it's pie in the sky, definitely minigun. But practicality, Dylan, yeah. Yeah, 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 practicality. Yeah. Listen, There's no um, reloading for that. Yeah, you know, um, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm trying to think what else is badass as a as a machine gun. I mean, you can't be, you can't beat a full auto AR-15. To be honest with you, no. That's all. That's always fun. You know, you can always uh, let anyone shoot that. Although I do like the full auto AK, that's also, yeah. You know, and that's pr that's relatively cheap. We've had lots of fun with the AK, um, but dream, dream, uh, a Gatling gun, Gatling gun for sure. You can own that. Yeah. Well, if you got the money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything. And you, you got to find some forty-five seventy to throw through it. So. Yeah, <clears throat> I would like to have a car. With the uh, with a mini gun built into it that I press a button, and yeah, that'll be nice. That'll be nice. That's a nice traffic clearer. Oh, you know what? Uh, a um, five, a seven six two fifty four R belt fed. What are those? The PKMs? Mm -hmm. I think yeah. I would do a PKM because that ammo is still relatively cheap. Plus, it's a thirty cal. Plus, it's belt fed. I could do a PKM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, PKM. Okay. Let's see what other questions. Am I missing any questions? Is I know I'm way behind here. No, it's a P I think it's PKM. Yeah. Um, let's yeah, see. Yeah, that's it. PKM. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I have more reloading questions out there, man. I okay. know. Yeah, let's see. How what much, um, so some, somebody was asking what the cost of a, a good setup would be. Mm -hmm. I said my my basis for mine would be about $1,000 to get everything you need for one caliber for Dylan, for yep. like Dylan stuff, about 1000 bucks. Yep, about 1200 the, the, mm -hmm. the key about a reloading setup, I always tell people, is never buy a kit. You never want to buy a kit. You always want to part it out. Um, and you never want to do brass prep by hand. Trust me, because your hands, you'll have arthritis. If, you, if you're not mechanically, for example, I have this trimmer here. You do, if you're doing that stuff by hand, you're, you're going to regret it. And don't buy a kit where you are doing it by hand. And mm -hmm. other things like powder drops, like I got two charge masters here for dropping powder. Um, you know, I, I highly suggest getting the Lyman Case Prep Center for doing uh, case, case prep, uh, for deburring and chamfering and for the neck. 
Um, what else? I'm a big fan of the world's finest trimmers. Uh, Gerald has that triway now, so that kind of trumps this now. Wait, wait, what? He has a new one out? Yeah, so he has something similar to the world's finest trimmer. It's called the triway. And not only does it trim, but it also champers and diverse all in once, hence <laughs> the name triway. And I usually you can oh, get I that see it, triway for about here. 80, 90 bucks per cartridge. And that one triway will do a family of cartridges too. So for example, you get like a 308 trimmer, it will do 243, 6.3 more. Mm -hmm. uh, but you you, pro you probably want to stick with one trimmer per cartridge so you're not constantly fooling around with the setting. You, you want to set it and forget it. So I can't, I don't know if his prices went up or if I actually paid this much for his, his trimmer. Yeah, you got the bench trimmer. Yeah, right? the power yeah. trimmer. I yeah. love it, but that I don't is, remember. That, that is primo. That is the best. But shit, I paid a lot of money for that thing. Yeah, you're looking about thousand to twelve hundred dollars for a decent yeah. setup. Yeah, yeah, for it. a good setup, and and that's gonna get you, I would say, one caliber. So like, buy nine millimeter or buy two two three, yeah. and go with one caliber, and then yeah. you can expand from there to whatever. And you want. you're not talking about components, brass, primer, bullets. Yeah, so that'll get you the setup you need. Um, and so what, what do you do for, for like, uh, do you even reload pistol any longer? I do. I, I have my, um, let me grab it here. So like for me, my, my cheap go-to bullets, um, I use the extreme plated. I'm still really happy with those. So I do have so, my powder drop. Yeah. I, I was pistol. just using mine. I love those. They're so and then cool. with the horny lock and load, it comes with bushings. And so once you have your dies set up properly with the powder cop die, sizing die, expander die, uh, you name it, die, it, you just pop them in, you're done. And that's where the Dylan really shines with those case heads. So you just pop it in, you're done. Um, it's kind of the same thing, but I think, in my opinion, Dylan is primo. It's the cream of the crop there. So. Okay. Um, Dane's collection says, looking for a new chronograph, which do you recommend? So. cheap i'm i'm one of the <laughs> so i think i think uh we come from two different aspects here i'm a cheap reloader in the sense that i want to spend as little money as possible to get somewhat good results mm -hmm. i think elster with your precision stuff you're going to want a very lab radar is the best yeah you're going to want a nice one if you're doing really precision stuff yeah. i have a i have one of the cheap ones you get on amazon from Shit, I can't even think of the name of the company. Yeah. Um, it was like 40 bucks or 50 bucks or something. It was not expensive. Yeah. And it works for my needs because I don't I don't do high precision other than my my Mark 262. I really don't do much quote unquote precision work. Um Red Bear says general this is probably the answer to the uh to the machine gun question, I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah. Ge Red Bear says general dynamics growler LSV with a ring mount kitted up. They see me rolling. No. <laughs> that's a song oh, oh uh, to go back to that previous question don't forget about magne magneto speed so oh, okay magneto that's a good speed. good okay. chronograph too so. all right uh let me see here i want to jump in on so now you guys are talking about um reloading and everything you know what you need for reloading guys i want to show you what you need i'm going to throw this up actually here let me get the, let me get this uh I'm going to put a link to this so everyone can well, see what we're talking well, about. You Hank need a robot. A you need a robot. That's what you need for reloading. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Talk about this? Yeah, here we go. Here we go. This is what you need. Check this out. 
There's the Terminator. Yeah, the Terminator that could do like acrobatics now. Yeah, Boston God Dynamics God robot is no joke now. Put a gun in that thing. I think you're backwards, Hank. I think you need reloading for the upcoming because, robot apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this other one. Like the Spot, they're releasing Spot, man. They put in, they. I think they sent Spot out into the. Is that into a, the world? Is that a custom build 22, or is it uh, from a? So this would be the Ruger Mark IV. Yeah. Uh, this is the tactical. Uh, it's got the tandem cross compensator with the tandem cross high grips and the charging loop with mm-hmm. the Nikon tactical spur red dot. This thing is an absolute laser. This will print groups at 100 yards, no joke, at two inches. Uh, do you guys have cans up there? You guys allowed yep. suppressors? Yeah, I've thrown a can. I threw a silencer coal can on this. And uh, I'm not, not exaggerating when I say this, the action is louder than the can. Oh, yeah. They're wonderful. Those guns are so great with a can on them. Yeah. It is yeah. insane. I actually uh, have a video on that, too. So. Yeah, can't you get stuff to quiet the action down? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your 22 oh, so pistol action is way too loud for me. The one thing I was going to warn people about when it comes to reloading, like any other industry, there are lots and lots and lots of products on the market that are solutions looking for problems. Mm-hmm. Don't buy anything. So so get your setup. If you're looking to reload, get your setup, get your, your dies, get what you need to start with. Don't buy extras until you find a need for it, until you – go through and you're like you know what this one thing could make my life easier then buy it don't go looking for solutions for problems that don't exist because there are a shitload of those on the reloading market yeah yeah um now unlike you guys that are geeking out on the reloading stuff some of the people want us to go back to the robots here for a second (laughs) okay i'm gonna go back to the robots for a second i shared the link with everyone if you want to see this but um, so th- th- did you guys see this uh, spot launch thing? Basically, this is like the robot dog. I'm playing the video right now for whoever's looking at it. Uh, oh. This thing will be coming for you very shortly. What's it do? It's, uh, you, got, you got to look at that video. That link that I threw up there, if you scroll down to the bottom, you can see what this uh, robot It's like a dog without a head. And it could just walk all over all kinds of junk, up and down steps. And all of that, you know, um, there's a head version that has like flashlights and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's straight up doing parkour, damn near. I mean, it's it's (laughs) scary. Yeah. (laughs) These things are, uh, yeah, man, you know, this is what you need to get geared up for. There's a neck. There's like a neck arm, all kinds of stuff. Uh, coming out on those things, those Boston hey, Dynamics. Hey, do you ever do you ever watch that Black Mirror series? Uh, from time to Probably time, watched it. Yeah, yeah I haven't they seen have all like of that them. one series where it's got like that Terminator dog robot. Mm-hmm. Have you seen I didn't that? See that? No, I didn't see that one. It was good. Yeah, I mean, it it gives you that whole Black Mirror series. Is, it kind of gives you a, a awakening of what our technology could eventually mm-hmm. come and how mm-hmm. dangerous it could be. Mm-hmm. And there's a I can't remember what this is called. It's I don't know, maybe someone that's listening could put it in the chats. But there's there's this Terminator type dog, and it's got guns mounted to it, and it's not far off from. Oh that yeah, oh for sure. I mean, Boston Dynamics isn't that funded by the army or something like that? One of oh, the yeah. research grants. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So and you know damn well oh, what yeah. they're up to. For it's that day not... when you become an insurgent. <laughs> they, so they say that dog is supposed to be a weight-bearing device oh, for uh-huh. soldiers. It's supposed to carry their kit for them. Yeah, yeah. their machine gun kit. What the hell kit. is that human doing? <laughs> the human yeah. one. 
Yeah. <laughs> Doing backflips and shit. Mm. Like, oh, man. You know what scares me more than all that is AI. You know, I, I listen to Joe Rogan a lot, and he has a lot mm-hmm. of guys on there, and they talk mm-hmm. about AI. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and guys like Elon Musk, they're developing the cerebral uh, uh, task. Joe Rogan where, thinks we're in the Matrix right now. Yeah. This is the Matrix. <laughs> he does. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's not forget this. You know, he gets on the DMT so that he could come out of the Matrix every now and then. You know, yeah, John Crump says DARPA and Google. That's who's funding those things. DARPA and Google. Yeah, they're mapping everything so that the robots know exactly how to come get you. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, man. It's uh, so you, you're more worried about AI, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, no, I'm in agreement there. And I think <laughs> a lot of that has to do with 5G, too, like this whole 5G network. Mm-hmm. And it's all interconnected. I really I really think that's something to be worried about, especially when it it's, has the potential to replace our workforce. Yeah. Uh, that's something really to be scary. Yeah. Scared John, John Crump, uh, Crumpy says that AI is terrifying. But listen, it's already here. The AI is already is. working on you. Yeah. You don't even yeah. know it. You know, yeah. um, Google right now is making you like I've noticed I search for certain things and Google's like, uh-uh, no, oh, not letting you, they not already letting know you search for that. Yeah. Before you even ask for it, it already yeah. shows up in your search box. Yeah. Like you're, you just talk about it and you got Alexa listening in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing, yeah. No, you turn on your computer. It's already there waiting for you. Yeah. Now, no lie. I'm going to tell you guys this. I would like to get some of those robot dogs from my property because my personal dog, he's not defending anything. Oh, you you know I hate when have that thing pimped out with freaking I don't know MP5s or what. Yeah, I want to have a bunch of those walking around. They probably have a flamethrower on it. Yeah, probably Elon um, Musk flamethrower. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay. Um, you know what? Let's. Uh, we're we're over nine o'clock here. We probably need to start uh, wrapping this up. Uh, let's see, Babyface. How about you, man? I will go to you first. Tell the people out there how they, if they want to know more about reloading that we've talked about, or any of the other stuff from Babyface P. <clears throat> uh, baby underscore face, baby underscore face P, baby face underscore no baby underscore face P on Instagram. Um, I'm, I think my Instagrams get big enough where you could probably just search for Babyface P and it'll come up. Um, uh, it seems that most people contact me on there, which is fine. You guys can, if you want to hit me up with questions on there, I can try to answer them. Um, otherwise babyfacep.com will take you to my Facebook. You can message me there or youtube.com slash babyfacep. I just put up some videos and we finished, I finished loading the 32 ACP. So we're going to go fire them and see if I can't blow myself up. Um, and then I'll come back with some answers up to, as to which mold I would suggest for everybody. So there you okay. go. Now that you're a YouTube mogul. That's yeah. right. You, you know, dropping those videos. Okay, what about you, Elster? How can the folks uh, reach out to uh, so you? Best way to check out, especially if you want to learn about reloading, is obviously check out my YouTube channel, Elster's Rifles and Reloading. Uh, you're, the most amount of, all of my knowledge is dumped in those playlists. I actually have one playlist in there called the Ultimate Reloading Playlist, and it is, no joke, all of my knowledge dumped into that. I don't know how many parts it is, but... Uh, it, it, it literally covers everything that I know. And I got tips and tricks in there, start to finish showing the, that actual ammunition shot on paper to prove that accuracy. Uh, but if you de- need to get a hold of me, the best way would be to check out Elster's rifles reloading on Facebook and send me a message that way. So, okay, and if you, yeah. if anybody out there is looking to get into reloading and has questions, 
ask people that are in reloading. Most reloaders love sharing the information and it's yeah. one of those things, it's like working on cars, you're gonna have tips and tricks that you pick yeah. up from doing it that you would love to share with everybody else. So. You don't have to twist my arm to talk about reloading. Yeah, exactly. Fire, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Motorboater says AI will be the last invention by man. So there you go. <laughs> the problem uh, with AI, but when that AI kicks in, it's exponentially gonna take off. Mm -hmm. And that's the uh, scary part. Yeah, and Safety Harbor Firearm says, mini bikes for everyone. So <laughs> I just want to remind everyone, uh, we're doing the show tomorrow. We're taking Friday off because I'm actually headed out to Safety Harbor Firearms. I'll be out there hanging out with Walter, uh, do getting some work done for everyone who thinks I'm just taking a long three-day weekend. Um, but I might accidentally stop by the Ferrari dealership over <laughs> Safety Harbor Firearms. Uh, don't worry about it. Not getting a Ferrari anytime soon, unless Paints Babyface passion is cars. Yeah, right? yeah when Babyface <laughs> actually grows up, that's what he's getting me as a gift. Oh, yeah, good luck uh, there. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so tomorrow's our last show for the week. Make sure you check out Elfster's Rifles and Reloading. Of course, check out Babyface P. Uh, thanks to Harry's Holsters for sponsoring the show. Shout out to everyone out there. Let me uh, drop the end. Boom. There we go. Don't forget to subscribe, thumbs up, ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks to my guests for coming out. Thanks for everyone for being here. Any final words, people? Anyone got Have final words? Okay. Freedom isn't free, baby. There you go. We're out.